0: Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the show, go to patreon.com laststandmedia. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast. This is episode 28. As always, I am joined by my boy Lord Cognito. Get your dukes up, my boy Maddie. What's going on? The beast is in the
2: building. Let's go,
0: man. I'm excited. We we got a good week. We got a good week, man. I was excited for the show. It's gonna be fire. Thank you all so much for writing in, filling it up with your submissions. We have lots of write-ins throughout. Of course, as always, our warm-up questions and ending questions, but also. The news itself, but before I do all of our housekeeping stuff, I always like to see how the man on the other side of the show, how is he doing? I'm,
1: how I'm are you doing?
2: Doing good, man. A lot of good games, a lot of good information coming out. Obviously, these topics are fire. I can't wait to get in that. But yeah, man, I've been in my bag. I've been in my, my destiny bag. I've been um, still in my MLB the show. Our Mets are doing very well, sir. So mm-hmm. still excited. You know what I mean? But that's been pretty much it. What about you, man? What you been getting into?
0: Oh man, uh, judgment. Been playing nice. a lot of judgment. Nice. About- nice. 13 hours into that been been a good time. I have some some qualms with it. Mm-hmm. I want to finish it before I talk on it more. I'll probably okay. talk more on it with ham radio. But outside of that, man, life's been all right. It's just been not bad, not good. Like we really joke about that a lot on the show mm-hmm. when it was like myself and Carrick. We we, we all wished everyone a, a very mundane day because you, you have to have <laughs> the bad to have the good. Uh, in fact, I've been going through a mundane experience. So, of course, I sit here and I record in the studio for this show and all my other video content. And this building is typically empty, which is great, right? I get to sit here. I get to scream. I wore a Batman costume in a video. I was, like, out in the hallway outside my office, like, recording a a fight scene with myself. Like, you know, (laughs) I'm doing all these stupid things because I'm like, no one's here, right? And suddenly this new business has moved in here. And and I'm like, man, they're, like, all over the place. They're walking around. It's such a... Huge change. man I'm not complaining, but yeah. I'm just saying it's such a change cramping of environment. Style,
2: cramping style, yeah. now you can't you don <laughs> the suit and run around.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Now I can't like wear these crazy outfits, walk out my office like no one's here, because now there are people in here. Oh, it's man. it's wild. So uh <laughs> yeah, that's been the the biggest shakeup of my life. Uh and with that, of course, welcome one and all for uh, another great episode of defining duke so if you're new here and you want to support us with a little early access patreon.com slash is the way to go where all our episodes go live on thursday at 12 p.m eastern time and then if you want to freeload we're just happy to have you here as we we continue to just roll on with this show whether it's apple google podcasts uh, youtube video versions on the last stand media channel wherever you want to get us we're there and uh, we're happy to serve you Uh, We just did episode 24 of Defining Duke Ultimate. It was myself and Cog. We talked about director's cuts for PlayStation games and smart delivery. And while they're not directly one for one comparable, we really just got into the pricing of next gen upgrades and Sony's routes of adding content on top of upgrades. And should those upgrades be free? Is Xbox's just ease of throwing in the disc going to work for everything? And. How will Sony's Director's Cut moves start to leak into other games like we saw with EA and their dual entitlement program? So we get into all of that. Uh, It's patron only, so you have to be signed up to listen. So there's another reason to to flick us a buck. Give us a listen. We're giving y'all heat, man. That was a Mm -hmm. good conversation. Very passionate. It was. Love that one. One hour long. Just want to shout out the audience as well. We had a couple of resubmissions for mobile ratings. Uh, We appreciate you all so much for that because I know it's a pain in the ass. But if you got a little extra time, whether you're sitting there waiting, you're on your lunch break right now, listen to us wherever, whenever. Uh, if you got a little time, we'd appreciate a resubmission just to update it with uh, the current hosts, because I know most of our reviews had to do with Carrick. So if you're not going to put five stars, get the hell out of here. <laughs> but other, count that five. But uh, outside of that, hey, mm-hmm. we're done with our housekeeping. Let's get into Let's get to warm-up it. questions. First one comes from Nandan Patil. Hello. Amongst the whole next-gen upgrade fiasco for Ghost of Tsushima and Death Stranding's director's cuts, I got back to thinking about $70 next-gen games and how many third-party publishers are joining Sony in this practice. Do you think Xbox will ever start charging $70 for their first-party Xbox Series games this generation, or is Microsoft a big and rich enough company for them to warrant continuing at $60. I feel like Microsoft doesn't need to preemptively pull the plug on $60 games. If they continue as is, they will get even more goodwill from the public with big stuff like Starfield and Halo being cheaper than their competitors' major titles. Maybe later on, once everyone is more used to this price tag, they will jump ship to $70. It might also be a good way to combat the possible situation where Microsoft doesn't see Game Pass as a sustainable or profitable service anymore, which I don't think that part's going to happen. But, Kong, what do you... What do you think of Microsoft pricing uh, their games? Like I'm gonna look up Microsoft Flight Simulator just because. Yeah, I'm happy. I was gonna ask yeah to see if
2: that's been consistent because I, initially I'm gonna say yeah they I didn't I don't recall them seeing it in the seventy dollar range but yeah if you could check real quick on that uh sixty price. bucks wow series X yeah. wow yeah this is interesting right because um I'll be honest with you Maddie like I thought you know when this in fairness when you know Sony announced you know they they're going seventy. I just thought that this is going to be the new industry standard Mm -hmm. and maybe Sony kind of put themselves out there first. And then Microsoft going to do the same thing, to be brutally honest. So I was very surprised to see that. So um, to, to Nandan's point, I mean, it could be it could be two things. It could be, you know, one, obviously Game Pass is the driver. And and let's be real, you know, Microsoft's pockets are not hurting per se right so mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily not that sony's is but i'm just saying like they they're, they're in a position where maybe they could absorb that cost and they may be feeling it out but in the long term i would assume that they that they would have gone into that direction of the 70 bag but what do you think do you think it's something that like this generation they're gonna stay at that and continue it with game pass the driver or eventually
0: they they gonna follow suit I think uh, I have a lot of thoughts on this, actually. They all just, you ever have a question you get asked and like they just pile on. You're like, you know what? I actually have a lot to say on this one. I thought I wouldn't have much. Uh, So, Halo Infinite, Xbox One, it's across all Xbox Mm -hmm. consoles, of course. This is a a game that's going for $60. We haven't really seen a true flight simulator, is that, but I'm talking like a true landmark next gen title. Probably like a a a Redfall. Yeah. Yeah, Contraband. Like, I think that's where we'll get our answer on where Xbox lies with it. I almost say make it $70 because, number one, the rest of the industry is doing it. I don't think they will be vilified for it, but also it makes Game Pass more attractive, right? Like That just sort of works in your favor. It's like, oh, I don't want to spend $70 on all these new Xbox games coming out. I'm going to get Game Pass. I also do think, though, that PlayStation sort of... Work themselves in a corner mm-hmm. um where they they need to price their games at seventy dollars because yeah. of a, a value proposition. Like, right. you know, their games very are high quality, by the of way. Course, of Not course. Not taking away from that. Oh, yeah. But because they have such a high bar set for all their games, if any like people are looking at those price tags and, and thinking to themselves, well, like this is a clear from visuals to gameplay, replayability, like this is a $70 game. You can really sink your teeth into. And then you get something like Ratchet and Clank, which I didn't find had the legs I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But I think if you charge $60, PlayStation fans will be like, well, what is this? Even though it may have been more fairly priced, it's viewed as less than. It's a good point. Um, just because some people you know, equate the value. I mean, not even like it's wrong. You equate the value of an object with, with its price tag. So when I see a, a Focus Home Interactive game for $50, like a Playtale Innocence at launch, I'm like, okay, there's some cutbacks here there's got to be it has smaller budgets so they're thinking 50 dollars is the profitable price to charge at and then you play and it's like oh it's a 10-hour game and there's literally no replayability here so it's it's a one and done right um that's why they're charging 50 bucks and it wasn't this clearly huge budget so yeah. i think if i'm xbox you know they'll they'll work their way into 70 dollars. at least that'd be my guess i don't think they need to earn goodwill game pass is good enough for goodwill smart delivery is good enough for goodwill they don't need to just keep they also just are obligated to their shareholders to, to you know, make the most money they can. So Absolutely. $70 games, when everyone else is doing, I think that's the least worst thing they'll be doing. And yeah. just to wrap up my thoughts, mm-hmm. I think of a game like Starfield. And look, if it means that Bethesda Game Studios can go all in on a hardcore RPG like I've wanted them for years, Woo! but they need to charge 70 bucks for it, like, yeah, it's fine. That's right. fine. Mm-hmm. I'll pay. I'll pay for that. But I know it's a tough pill to swallow as we get deeper in the generation yeah. because other... Other locations are are having them at a much higher price. Yeah, that is true too. How do you think about that? Yep, oh, good point. Yeah. So, lot there, but thank you for the question, Nandan. Appreciate it. Derek Scott's up next. Hey, to my new favorite Duke duo. Thank you, Derek. Ah, All right. Just want to start off by saying, Cog is killing it with the energy and insight he's given so far. You guys are off to a great start, Cog. Oh. There's so much love for you every episode. I could say the dumbest shit on an episode, bro, but because you are just here being a star, <laughs> you're like, ah, Cog, let's go. No, that's love, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. Uh, and this question is more for you. It says mm-hmm. the question's more for Cog. Oh. I'd love to hear if Maddie has any experience with this title too. I heard Cog mention he's a big Destiny guy. Yeah. And as someone who just started getting back into Destiny because of all the DLC content is free on Game Pass, are there any tips or recommendations for a new fellow Guardian who hasn't played since the OG Destiny 1 days? Mm. Love what you guys are doing. Keep on keeping on. I haven't played since the OG Destiny 1 days. So I, I default all this to you, man. <laughs> and I, you know, for those who are interested in Destiny, you and Dustin are our yeah. res, actually Chris, Chris as well. Yeah. A lot of people on Last Stand play Destiny. Yeah, so what? Man. where do you sit on this game?
2: Yeah, look. You know, destiny's destiny's life. That that is the uh, the soul sucker. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it's like um shout out to Derek. Yeah, if you're getting in, I tell people um you know because it was in Game Pass, right? It's a great entry point because most of the stuff is it's free to play. And um, what you want to do, I always advise people is generally to, it's a very overwhelming game if you don't have like a clan or friends right because people could kind of walk you through so the first bit of advice is kind of join a clan or if you have at least one or two people to play with it's always good to play the game like that you can play a single player don't get me wrong so that's the first thing the second thing would be the campaign stuff because actually destiny's narrative is actually pretty decent it took them a whole <laughs> game <laughs> to get there but they're actually in a good place so what i would recommend is if you can probably in the order of, um, do the forsaken, what you call a DLC, do the campaign, the story missions there, do the shadow keep, do that. And then currently where we are now is beyond light. That's the, the expansion that initially launched into game pass. So you could do that campaign as well. Now where destiny expands and gets really crazy is you can do a lot of end game stuff and there's three basic tenants. So there's strikes, Vanguard strikes, there's, uh, Crucible which is the PvP component and then there's Gambit which is kind of like a little mix and Gambit is really fun and short and sweet so what I would say is try each of those see which one you like and whatever you like was whatever activity you're doing it whether it's Strikes Crucible or Gambit make sure you grab bounties that's the new thing with destiny like it's almost like don't just do it you'll get experience but don't do it for free <laughs> you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so when you grab a bounty say hey if I if you say you're playing uh strikes get five grenade kills right you you grab that bounty from the strike vendor and then do the strikes and then you get your experience for playing and you get the experience for completing the bounty mm-hmm. so that's yeah. what it is so just stick with the basic stuff and is, as you level up, you get stronger. Then you'll be awarded to um, access higher light stuff. A lot of the stuff is either dungeons. Um, that's kind of like a three-person, very hard activity. That you know the game doesn't really tell you. Obviously, raids. That's like the. I would advise you at one point when you get high enough, you do need to try a raid because that's what I fell in love with Destiny. Destiny, you hear that all the time, man, brother. Like a six-player raid is one of the greatest cooperative experiences in gaming, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Mm, That's what made me truly fall in love with the game. I'm like, yo, this game is way more different than I thought. And Mm. the sense of accomplishment, like, everyone has a job to do, a role to do. You know, you're picking each other up. That's your brother. That's just, like, it's it's love. So I would say you got to try it at one point once you get high enough. And, uh, yeah, any other questions, man, hit me up, Derek. We got, I got a Destiny podcast. <laughs> <laughs> got to plug <laughs> a little bit. The last word, my boy, you bought no, almost... You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, man, like, it, Destiny is a fun game with friends. You can play it solo. But, like I said, if you stick to that, that mantra, do the bounties, do the stuff, you'll
0: be okay. How do you deal mm-hmm. with... I got to ask for my own Let's go. personal uh, just experience from hearing Dustin talk about Destiny. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with when you get like reset with a new expansion or they tell you to yeah. throw out all the stuff you work for? To me, that's what always kept me away. I'm like, you could tell me that that there is a cure for one of the worst diseases on the planet in that game. Like, I'm not going in because once I get in there, man, and you just take my loot away, <sighs> how could yeah. you? Bro, no,
2: great point. This was a huge point. Like, literally one of the most fiercest debates I had with my boy, Ibante, shout out to him. It was called Sunsetting. So what Bungie did at the time was say, hey, let's say you've been playing it for a year. You, You got to a certain point. They're like, okay, after a year more, you won't be able to use these weapons that you blood, you know, blood, sweat and tears for. And we're going to move those out because of power creep. And we're going to introduce these new weapons and you're going to fall in love with this. And I struggled. I was just like, yeah, it, it doesn't feel good. You made people do very hard acti- you know, activities to accomplish these goals and get these God rolls with these perks. So it was a big point of contention. They brought it in. I wasn't happy, but I dealt with it. You know, we and a lot of people left, like you said. Man, they were like, "Nah, you can't do that to me. You can't make me do all this stuff, and then you're gonna take my guns, my armor away, and then try to make me get new stuff." So now, about two, three months ago, big a big twab, which is the uh, this week at Bungie, affectionately, and they they canceled Sunsetting, and they said, "Yeah, mm-hmm. they re- I've never seen they re- and It was a big controversial decision at the time. They reversed Sunsetting, and now. Everything is is there forever, I guess, to perpetuity. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we'll see. But I'm a firm believer it'll come back. That's just me. I, oh, I, no.
0: I, 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 the I, one I, thing that could have got me in the door. I'm just like, never
2: mind. <laughs> I, I'm just going to be honest, because the the reason why they claimed they did it was power creep. That there were too many weapons and that they were worried about balancing and, you know, and stuff like that. And if you now continue to create weapons for whatever, and unless, unless, I got a caveat, Destiny 3 happens if destiny three happens i assume there will be a reset and they'll make some story thing the tower blew up or whatever whatever and i'm okay with that because they need (laughs) new servers they need a whole new engine i mean the game's got legs but that's pretty much it but i would say right now for game pass for the free also cross play it's coming next next season it's a good time to get and the story is the best it's ever been i will say that the story is actually really good that sounds awesome
0: mm-hmm. i uh i am intrigued right, but well, let me
2: know when you want to come to the dark side brother yeah, i was
0: gonna say <laughs> i gotta i gotta wait for the biggest void in my gaming life where yeah, it's like yeah, something yeah. needs to fill it and i'm like all right destiny looks like only it like no games on my on my retro shelf are calling my name <laughs> nothing in the game pass library like i need to be in the darkest time of my life <laughs> <Darkest
2: time? I'll laughs> best gunplay i will say what some of the best yeah gun player, brother. yeah
0: yeah Number three comes for Brett Medlock. Hey, Dukeheads. I recently made a post on Facebook talking about how Game Pass titles are now streamable on iPhone. I got a bunch of people commenting saying they didn't know it was a thing or even possible. When do you think Xbox marketing will really penetrate the casual gaming audience with Game Pass and or Game Pass streaming? I can't help but feel a lot of awesome features and consumer-friendly moves by Xbox are flying under the radar. I keep getting flashbacks to the PSV today's when casual gamers had no idea what it was despite it being amazing. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. I don't care if there's an Xbox show, man. The Vita is just the GOAT. It's so oh, it's, good, man. I love the Vita.
2: Vita's still doing things Switch can't do. I know.
0: Yeah. I know, right? That yeah. screen, man. They that had screen. it there back in 2013, mm-hmm. and now Switch is, is promoting it here in 2021. I still, oh, still,
2: oh. I still got my baby. Oh still got my baby. we still here, baby. We still we still out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm official, baby. There we go. The Duke is yes. official.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I love this thing, man. I one thing real just sidebar. I always loved the fact that they had party chat between mm-hmm. Vita and PlayStation, and yeah. no matter what app you were in or game you were in, it would be consistent. Like, I, I love yeah. the device, man. It
0: was so ahead of its time. Yeah, in big, a lot time, of ways. big time, big time. So what we got? What we got? We it'd got it'd be uh, a great it'd be a great X Cloud device, honestly. Ooh, but yes, yes, yes kind of yes. gets us into our topic. So, mm-hmm. when will Xbox marketing penetrate the casual audience with Game Pass or Game Pass streaming? And I think a lot of it really boils down to, they haven't marketed it be, like I haven't seen commercials for it or something yeah. like that. And probably because it's in beta, right? Like right. maybe once it's full, they'll start pushing on on big sports games and stuff. Like, you know, play anywhere. I could see commercials like that.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, I, you actually just made a good point. I didn't even think about that. It's technically not official, right? It's, I mean, they're cloud streaming. They got, you know, they stopped calling X cloud. They, they call it cloud streaming, but um. Yeah, I don't know if it's still in that official capacity yet because even the browser part, right? We were still in in beta and stuff like that. And that's something I really mm-hmm. wanted them to push to compete with Stadia. So I I think it's a situation maybe that once they officially announce, hey, the, the the data servers, you know, the data centers are are up here and this is up and it's now official as a service and blah blah blah, then maybe that's why the marketing push has not come because I am surprised. I they really have to do a, a better job in my opinion of letting people know that this option exists. And uh, I'm, I'm going to beat that job. So, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Brett. Like, they they really need to do a good job, especially Game Pass. I, w- I want them, Game Pass as an app, that needs to be, you know, screened from the mountaintops. But what, what about you, man?
0: I agree, yeah. I think the social media sort of goofs are only going to get them so far right uh, like oops we dropped another game on game pass and they do that on twitter for like two thousand likes i just think uh yeah it's cheeky for for us who are there in the core audience but uh, i think they need to go beyond where game pass is marketable like it's yeah. there it's not a com- i don't want i don't want to say it's not complete but it's always evolving yes. uh, but it's established service they could make commercials for it and really get it out there mm-hmm. that's the thing is i wonder if they're waiting for game pass to be big enough where it is recognizable, so then they could post a commercial of Halo Infinite, and mm. it would say, like, "Play Day One on Game Pass." Or they would post like a third party commercial, and it would say, "Play Day One on Game Pass." Right? Yeah. I think
2: you got. It. I think you're on fire because it makes sense. You know, you want the biggest names associated with it, so that when you see it, like you said, when Infinite dropped and it's like, all right, Super Bowl or something, and then you see, oh wow, I could play that now. Now free in Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Starfield, bro. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like that those real heavy hitters that yeah. when let's be, and like, obviously it's, this is way down, but think about Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Like you show the Elder Scrolls commercial, and you be like, Game Pass at the bottom, bro. It's gonna mm-hmm. break the internet. Now people are like, yo, I got whatever. Whatever that Game Pass is, I gotta yeah. get it because it's associated with this big, big name. So yeah, do that. I think, um, like how they had MLB the show, you know, I just, I just want to see that commercial push. I, I want to not, I want to go to a movie theater and not escape it. I want to, you know, I, I want to yeah, see a billboard. All... Yeah. Like yeah. I want to not escape this thing. They have, it's the greatest deal in gaming. And to your point, they may be just waiting to associate it with those big, of massive, massive names. And, and And then that's when they do it. So. We'll
0: see. I also think they got a branding issue. I thought changing it from xCloud to Game Pass streaming wasn't smart. I just feel like it doesn't sound separate enough. I don't know how else to describe it. It sounds like a tier within a service that some people have never heard of. So I feel like they've got some work to do on that front. But also, I, I don't know, maybe Xbox wants a little bit of word of mouth marketing for Game Pass because that's really what got it here was just you got to try this. Right. Like, it's insane. No way. Right. right. And and you download it and you go, oh, you can just hop in yeah. and, and all these are available mm-hmm. i just think maybe they, they want to ride that a little bit more but awesome. i would like to see a little more a little more mass marketing i would for agree. sure i would agree number four comes from kevin hey duke maddie and lord cog do you guys think with the expansion of games coming to game pass service over the next few years that people while playing the games they are interested in will feel a little overwhelmed by the amount of games that are in there I recently started to mess with the service, and after a few days with it, I started to get the feeling I get from opening Netflix app. A lot of choice, but not sure what to invest my time in. It's a
2: good one. I like Mm. this one. It's funny because, shout out to to Kevin, I do relate. I do relate. It's one of those things, I guess, sometimes when you have so much, you're like, what do you call it? Paralysis by analysis. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, like, it's so much. And you're just like, damn, what I've learned to do, I've got a rule now. Game Pass is so good. So what I do is I use the pin feature in Xbox. Uh, And I got a rule. I'm like, okay, so whoever's on that first row, y'all got to get completed or finished. So right now, my first row is MLB The Show, because let's go Mets. You already know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Destiny, of course. That's always in the first row. You know what I'm saying? Mass Effect Legendary Edition, because I'm on part two. I'm halfway through two now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm rocking that. And then the fourth one, I think, is Outriders because it's finally working and I got to get it finished and I just want it off my hard drive. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the my first rule. So how I do is I pin it so it's my reminder. When I press the Xbox Live Guide button, it comes up and I'm like, yeah, this is the homework. This is what needs to be completed. Because otherwise, it's, it's overwhelming, bro. It's so many things. And then I'm the type of person, I'm like... Whenever there's a new update to a game that I like that I haven't played, it's like, Squirrel, oh, Skate of the game has a new update. Yeah. And, then, and then, you know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, I get two so I know what Kevin's talking about. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's real, bro. Like, it, it, you just, I just have to prioritize. Otherwise, I will never finish anything. How do
0: you, how do you handle it? I don't go in there, man. It's like <laughs> it's like opening a social media app. You're like, where the hell did the last 15 minutes go? Because I'll just start window shopping <laughs> and, and like I'll just go. Oh, yeah, I'll play this. I'll download it. Like I downloaded Bug Fables the other night. I'm like, it's still sitting there. I'm like, what am I doing? So I just don't go in there now. I just don't. I, I, I really don't. Like I went in there to get all three Dead Space games. I played all those um, for a video project. And, and so you know I, I I shouldn't say I'm like fully off of it, but I think your idea of downloading and then pinning it's yes. a good self-control method because for me it's just there's so many games that are attractive i know the audience really wants me to go back to like final fantasy 12 because i've i've swore that game off I, I think it's so bad but i know a lot of the audiences writes in they go go oh, come on matt like you gotta try it again it's like oh, i don't know if you want me to get worse <laughs> over this game but uh you know so yeah there's <sighs> games like that i've downloaded off of game pass it definitely provides that overwhelming feeling but I tell people, I was like, if you got a little bit of uh, retail therapy that you enjoy, you know, Game Pass is a perfect vector for that. Because, like, for me, sometimes I like to do that. I'll be completely honest. Like, I Mm -hmm. like to do, you know, like, you feel a little off. You're like, I'm going to go buy something. Yeah. And Game Pass, you just go in there and download a ton of games and it's a a good feeling. You're like, oh, look at all these experiences waiting for me. That aside, though, it is really overwhelming. And I find myself not getting into the app sometimes because i know uh, like i'm mid-judgment playthrough Mm -hmm. and i know there's stuff in there because like i said i have some qualms with judgment where it's like you know something could distract me enough to pull me off of judgment right now Mm -hmm. and i don't want that like i want to see judgment through uh just because there's so many compelling games out there it's really easy to get pulled off one even if a game's good like it's just judgment is a good game it's just you know like it's it's so easy to look at another new experience and go oh like you said squirrel and just (laughs)
2: The team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA.
0: last warm up question and we'll get into the news. Where is the virus writes in, greetings to the big dogs of Duke Town. I don't own an Xbox, but I love the show and love what each of you bring to the table. Thank you. Hey. My question, can we make the argument that the original Halo is the most important video game exclusive of all time? I put the Xbox, it put the Xbox brand, sorry, on its back and carried it into relevancy and 20 years later is still the defining IP that everyone associates with Xbox. Where would Xbox be without Halo as a launch title? Would it even exist in 2021? Love to hear your thoughts, Keenan. That's 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 a loaded question. We oh. could we could really define our careers here based off our answer. <laughs> we
2: could define Duke here. <laughs> Listen, man. Oh, he, I mean, he makes a compelling argument. I mean, it's very hard to to go against it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you know. I questioned Microsoft's announcement into gaming back in the day, like Microsoft, they weren't known with for that. They weren't synonymous with that. So yeah, it, it took a game called Halo to make me believe that they can produce these fun experiences and then let alone prove in the console space that they can do FPS. Cause that was a big thing. Like, it was like, oh, it, you know, it really can't be done, you know, mm-hmm. correctly, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, then that, and I think, halo is responsible in my opinion for truly fathering xbox live i remember having halo 2 and being blown away you know just yo we're talking there's chat proximity mm. chat and then what like so yeah man, i mean where would xbox be without halo
0: where would it be yeah i mean i look at nintendo and um i believe super mario Mm-hmm. Was it Super Mario a launch game? I genuinely don't know. This was this is before NES, my time. Um,
2: NES. It was Duck Hunt and um, yeah, Duck Hunt and what you call it was was the packet? I believe. I don't know if it was. Why am I blanking on that now? Yeah, I'm, I'm sh- not, I'm not sure enough, enough to I'm remember just... that. You
0: know, because I would say if Super Mario were, were one of them, then I would say that might be arguably. Mm. The most important video game exclusive, just because of how it carried Nintendo for mm-hmm. so long, as they it, it 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 buoyed them so much that they could expand into so many other IP with mm-hmm. it, and now it's so relevant that they can make sports games with it, they could do crossover strategy games with rabbits with it, mm-hmm. and they can make multi-million sellers. Off it was
2: it. it was Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Sorry.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, perfect. Yeah. So that that mm-hmm. makes it a, a little more of a convincing argument. Mm-hmm. With that said, though. I look at PlayStation and I'm thinking to myself like PlayStation does a really good thing where they, they carry certain IP, but they evolve a lot. Yes. And as a nostalgic guy, I love and hate it. Right. Cause you, you get stuff like ratchet brought into next gen, but you get something like Sly Cooper left on PS2 and it's yeah. like, or PS3 technically with yeah. thieves in time. Kills me to this day, but you know, so I don't know. Someone will freak out over this, but oh, I don't know on. if they have like a particular IP I think of, Outside of maybe like Nathan Drake okay. uh, with Uncharted, where it's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's like the PlayStation IP. Okay. And even then, like, they brought in The Last of Us, which connected with more people or as many people. I connected with The Last of Us more, at least the first one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when it goes to Xbox, I mean, it's really hard to – I really do think Halo's up there. If it's not the top, it's it's a, a top three for oh, sure yeah. of, of, you know, important exclusives. Uh, nothing – you know, because that's the thing is you, you have that centerpiece that is then surrounded by everything else like a Gears conquer, you know, yes, this, yes. so many different things that the appetizers, although they will become the main course for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's really hard to find a title as significant as Halo. Yeah. That's for damn sure. I agree, brother. All right. So we got ourselves, like I said, some some pretty exciting news to get into this week i'm just revising it real quickly here because Mm -hmm. i think the numbering got messed up but are you good no we're we're uh we're okay here cool uh so number one has to do with of course the the latest rumors on what's going on with warner bros because there's been some some talk on that so let us begin As part of a deal with Discovery to combat the likes of Netflix, and part of that process would lead to parts of Warner Bros. Games' division being sold off. Since then, speculation has run rampant on the possibilities of what Xbox could do with their hands on the likes of a team such as TT Games or NetherRealm. Since then, a report has come out from the Xbox 2 podcast stating that they have seen documents showing both the studios were no longer in the scope of Warner Bros. future operations, Mm -hmm. so they may be sold off. Hmm. Since then, Warner Bros. has denied the report, saying the following to the outlet, Gamer. I can confirm NetherRealm Studios and TT Games will continue to remain a part of Warner Bros. Games and are all included in the Warner Media Discovery merger, the rep said. Ollie Reynolds writes in, Hi, gents. Hope you're both doing well. You'll have no doubt seen the rumor recently regarding the potential sale of NetherRealm and TT Games, a rumor that was swiftly debunked by Warner Bros. Games. Naturally, a lot of people made the assumption that Microsoft would snap up these studios, but I think we all need to chill out regarding any more potential acquisitions. Microsoft needs to walk before they can run. And with a lineup of games covering the next two to three years, at least, my opinion is they're spinning more than enough plates to keep them going for a while. Would love to know your thoughts. All the best to both of you. Mm-hmm. so let's start off with that you know mm-hmm. what do you what do you make of this development um i went and listened to the xbox 2 podcast so, and 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 jez was the one talking about the documents and he was very clear by the way yeah. that he was like you know this is just what i've seen right. and and he doesn't like to talk like it wasn't a source to say right he's like i like to lay my eyes on stuff so i want to you know i trust yeah. jez i know he's oh, not talking only, out his ass oh, right yeah. so you know, I believe him on this, that he saw something that would suggest that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it may be that plans change. Uh, so what yeah. do you think of of everything that uh, that we're reading here? No, no. Again, I, I agree. Shout out to
2: to Jez. That's the homie. And shout out to Red Out, the man with the million. Uh, luddles those guys. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I think it's one of those things like you just said, Maddie. like, you know, I would trust that if these this document exists and it came across this plate, you know what I'm saying? that it it is, it is, it is what it is. Right. But at the end of the day, like you said, you know, plans can change. Right. You know, and we don't know, there's, there's many things that we, you know, people had documents for at one point and then never came to fruition. Right. So great assault on, on, on whether or not it, it comes, happens. But, you know, to me, I just look at those things as at one point, this was whether it happens or not at one point this was on the table that's how I look at it and as far as the overall picture, I just say you know we we talk, we talked at nauseam about Microsoft having to diversify this portfolio with, with game pass and having different types of studios and we talked about like I said the nether realms and and, and stuff like that and I've got the other one travel the travels Tale, right that that, yeah. that, that does the family stuff so these are things that are needed, you know. These these are studios that would fit specific needs and 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 give you a nice diverse lineup for Game Pass. So, you know, um, as far as to the overall question, you know, like they should they should chill and focus on. I, I'm of two set because Colin made a good point before the uh, old sacred Sims. Like his whole thing was like, you know, obviously if you acquire a lot. There, there's a lot of management responsibility, right? And that mm-hmm. part is true. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot, because I think that's Matt Booty's job now, right? There's a yeah. lot on his plate in regards to that. But um, I still feel that if, you, if game passes the driver... And remember, they're going past the the console market. They want the billions and the billions of games. You need studios. You need content. You need people pumping this thing out on games on a quarterly basis and stuff like they're talking about. And you need a a different, a diverse lineup. So, yeah, I'm still of the mindset acquisitions, acquisitions, acquisitions. And if you can have situations like how Bethesda was, which is, let's be honest, Bethesda's already self-contained. They were their Mm -hmm. own be so you don't have to like monitor them the way you would do another you know what i'm saying because like you, yeah. you bought the whole house you bought the building <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying kind of thing but what do you Just think man? New owner. exactly
0: yeah i'm of the same mindset that i do think they need to continue to make acquisitions i think there's no denying that these two studios fit really specific needs for them i think honestly tt games addresses more for them than netherrealm does i, I think agree. that does more for their services and their their growth than Netherrealm will nether more like a protective we can't get wiped out of the fighting game battle like i i would not be surprised if they overpay for NetherRealm at some point strictly because if playstation were to come in and get them that would be it like yeah. there would be no chance that Bro. that that xbox could compete in fighting because now they got evo they got it's NetherRealm, right. everyone's making fighting games for playstation like it's, <clears throat> it's over at that yeah. point like go get iron galaxy i guess and have them make some fighting games like sure but you know TT games I think is an important get for them um on a growth standpoint you know I I don't know if they really need to walk before they can run the reason I say that is because if Bethesda is managing themselves then in in this case where they acquired them then it's up to them to to walk and run so it's it's not on Microsoft other than signing checks doing quality assurance and really making sure that they have what they need on a development front. That's, that's all it really boils down to. That's what Microsoft needs to do is be as hands off as possible, but involved enough to just mm. sway the project in a in a positive way, which is just money and testing. You know, that's, those are the two major pillars I think that they could address all of these companies with. So if they're going to buy avalanche makes sense, they're three studios and avalanche manages within those three studios. It's like, you bring them into the family, they're going to just they're going to handle themselves, but they're going to have Microsoft at their back where they're not going to go, oh, this game, if it flops, we're going out of business. Right. That's the difference. So I don't know if necessarily they need to to walk because they, they quite literally already are. As far as I'm concerned, they just need to get games out. Right. But there's Preach. only so much they can do. Preach. It's only so much they can do now. So we got a bunch coming this fall. But I think, yeah, if you want Game Pass to grow and be consistent, that's the thing. Right now, we're. Uh we're entering a pretty fun time for game pass, but it's not a big pop level of Game Pass. Like we're getting games like Death Store, Chris Tales, we're getting um The Ascent this month. Like right. these are great. It's a great friggin' indie month, man. Yeah. Like I'm so excited for these games. But at the same time, that's not gonna grow your service. Yeah. Right. You need to make these big well, I shouldn't say they're not gonna grow your service. It's gonna sustain it though. Correct. But the the big pops are every quarter are gonna be what get customers in the door, and they know that. Um, they know that it's about, you know, getting the big bangs and supplying them with, with, uh, other pieces that will help build up the service overall. So yeah, that's going to go through acquisitions because that's the only way you can do it consistently. And they're going to, they're going to do many of them. I feel. I agree. Um, the next question on this topic comes from Frank Ortiz. He had two separate questions, but we're only going to use one of them. Apparently, TT Games, NetherRealms, and the rest of the Warner Bros. Interactive is off the table, according to a Warner Bros. spokesperson. So, should Xbox pull the trigger and acquire a fighting game studio like Iron Galaxy or Erika Studios? And for a platforming studio, maybe Tequila Works, who worked on the underappreciated Rime, or even Armature Studios, formerly of Retro Studios, who worked on ReCore. I think Phil needs to make a move soon so we don't have to wait an entire generation to have a possible new killer instinct or please, for the love of game video game gods, a new Banjo slash Conquer. Thanks, Matt and Cog. I hope the rest of your day is very disappointing, like ordering a pie only to find out it has no filling. Oh, man. <laughs> no, that's, that's just cruel. <laughs> that's... Yo!
2: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, look, you know we talked about like i said the fighting thing i, I agree with him you know we don't want to wait a whole new generation a whole generation for that you don't want you said it perfectly maddie like you don't want playstation getting nether <laughs> or you know no. what I'm say like that that would you you might have to overpay yeah i mean i'm 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 with it man you, you, i i love all these these ideas you know what i'm saying i love the tequila works thing obviously you know um the, those guys who did stuff with rhyme and stuff i i'm with everything i'm Acquire, <laughs> go out there, buy it up, flex the wallet, do what you do. Like I'm with everything. Mm-hmm. I'm with all this, man. Mm-hmm. Like what about you? Do you think they need to be, let me ask you this. Do you feel they need to be selective with what they acquire or do you, like, where, where's your mindset with the with the types of acquisitions?
0: Okay, so they've shown that there's really no hesitation to double up on certain things when they have these studios in their fold. Like, they're having Elder Scrolls 6 at the same time as Avowed at the same time as Fable. And it's like, okay, you've got a lot of fantasy RPGs in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter to them. They just want people to, which we're going to actually talk about in a little bit, they yep. just want companies that they own just to make the games that they want to make. Yes. However, you want to also get people who make a specific type of game that maybe you currently don't have right so i think they have to be a little selectful in the type of developers they're getting if they get like another open world developer or another um first person shooter developer you know i I, i'd be like i don't know if that's really necessary Mm -hmm. but also what's the harm in one more shooter if you have halo doom those take a lot of years to, to to get going halo being a platform we don't know what that's going to look like with its next i put in quotes entry yes and how they're going to launch it off of halo infinite what that will actually be like none of us know we've never experienced that before correct i guess in a way kind of with destiny with yeah. with how they did it but you know I, I think on an official like a new sequel within yes. the a, a platform i don't think we've really seen that so we're refreshed with all of this and those games take some time where like yeah i think Maybe they could get a new first-person shooter in there, and I wouldn't argue it. Okay. Uh, but I do think, yeah, they they need to be wise on on who they get. I, I don't think blindly buying is is intelligent. Um, I do think they, they don't... A lot of people want them to make the big splashes. And while I think that makes sense, I look at something like... I don't remember Carrick had reported on the show mm-hmm. that uh, Microsoft was looking at Focus Home at one point. Ooh. I heard that, and I was like, that would be great. I because like Focus good. Home... Yeah is is self-managed mm-hmm. not only that but they do a fucking good job mm-hmm. usually like they they yes. do a phenomenal job at these double a games yes. that just come out out of nowhere by the way like a vampire and you're like this mm-hmm. is amazing like vampire is a a top rpg for me of that gen i mm-hmm. love that game that came mm-hmm. from focus home like that was published by them i think they helped publish Greedfall, another phenomenal mm-hmm. rpg very criminally uh, underrated yes that's mm-hmm. on game pass by the way mm-hmm. but it comes from spiders who normally isn't that uh they're not a bad developer they just have these amazing ideas that are never really executed in my opinion quite right mm-hmm. and they got it right with Greedfall. and so i feel like focus home is gaining momentum where if X- I feel like xbox could get them cheap and and you don't gotta go in and hit these big home runs like look smart not just rich you know and facts. and i think facts you could get someone in focus home who could make a fighting game for you for sure. Like they just have all these random talent within their, within their portfolio. So I, I think they do need to specifically gobble up studios that are self-managed. I think independent ones are going to be and far between. Yeah. Um, and if they are, they're going to be smaller where they don't, Demand as much headspace, maybe, of yeah. Matt Booty and his team.
2: No, no, you, you're on fire. I, I like to focus home joint, bro. I, I like I do. that. Man. I would love that. Yeah, I would I've always, that. like I said, when I, when I when I would hit the, the shows, I would, their booth would always intrigue me. I would always I know, see things I that I really liked, and you may be on to something with. You know, not necessarily have to break the bank and just like you said, flexing the the, the spending muscle. But I feel like those up and comers, right, those ones who, Mm -hmm. like you said, the double A space who make quality. And now if they had a little bit of backing behind them and like that could really nurture into something really cool. And there's one other point. I don't want to say it now because we're going to talk about it later. That they are going to focus on as far as studios
0: that I'm loving. And, and we'll, we'll get into that later on. Yes, yeah. I know. You, you are, know what I mean, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you both for writing in, Frank and Ollie. We appreciate you. And let's move on to our second bit of news, which is speaking on an episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast, Phil Spencer opened up on the hardware roadmap of their controllers. Quote, We're definitely thinking about different kinds of devices that can bring more games to more places. There's probably some work that we'll do on the controller. I think Sony, Sony's, not Sonny. I have a friend named Sonny. I, I think Sony's done a nice job with their controller. And we kind of look at some of that and think there are things that we should go do. But we're probably not in the more bespoke accessories place right now, he added. We just look at what's happening on Windows and other places and see if there's unique opportunities for us. Right now, I don't think there's any that are obvious to me. He also touched on Xbox's likelihood of getting into VR slash AR. Quote, we're watching what happens on PC, he said. As it relates to VR specifically, the best experience that I've seen is Quest 2, and I just think it's untethered and easy use of access in its capability just doesn't, to me, require it being connected to an Xbox in any way. So when I look at a scenario like that, I think of X Cloud. I think of the Xbox live community. I think of other things of how we could bring content to a screen like that. Whether we do something like that through first or third party partnerships is kind of a second step. We think the games that we currently have are able to run on our platform would work there. Mm. All right, so controller, VR updates. Mm-hmm. This is not something we were expecting this week, but yeah. I think the controller is the most tantalizing one for our audience. You know, mm-hmm. we have a lot of PlayStation fans out there. We, we read one from a PlayStation fan who doesn't have an Xbox, so certainly there's a lot of DualSense lovers out there. Yeah. Let's get your thoughts on that first before we get into really what Phil said. Where do you stand on the DualSense? I like the DualSense.
2: You, know, I, I, you know, I remember, to be honest, usually when I hear haptic feedback and the buzzword and the controller mm-hmm. does this to that and you know it, to me it's new system talk right mm-hmm. so i don't usually get caught up with the hype but i i can't front i threw that astro bot on <laughs> i was moving around and, you know the, the different textures and the way things were feeling the haptic feedback aiming the arrow and i'm like yeah. yo this is kind of a deal you know what I'm saying like this is a unique experience and the key for me is always going to be first party actually utilizing the actual tech right Mm -hmm. so from a pure tech standpoint I like it you know as far as like Xbox now talking about this is something that they're interested in I did find it interesting, Maddie, that they had that survey will go around Mm. and I'm in the insider program and I get those surveys a lot. You know, how would you feel about this? How would you feel about the controller doing this? So they are seriously (laughs) thinking about it. And look, I'm never going to be one to say, don't do something, you know, for for just because I'm not necessarily wild all the time by it. But hey, if there's a market for it and they want to put it this way. Xbox fans have proven just by me posting a damn picture of my new controller on Twitter <laughs> that mm. they love accessories and they love controllers and stuff like that. So if they come out with a, another iteration that has these type of features and, and long as they utilize it, I'm OK with it. I'm not going to you know do a backflip. But what about you? are you feel it's like gimmicky? Do you feel like this is something they need to or they shouldn't invest? Oh, last point before I give it to you. Oh, sure. There, there is one caveat. Hmm. I, I like the idea of it let's just get these games out though
0: <laughs> like like don't yeah. get
2: me wrong like I, 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 I you, they could probably do both but I just want not anything resource-wise to take away from from game development in the game so continue. of course
0: <laughs> yeah so I always felt like Xbox's willingness to do this would really hinge on how often we saw third-party devs making use of DualSense features for the PlayStation 5 we've Uh, capcom with resident evil 8 do it i remember when i played black ops cold war i played it with the campaign Mm. i'm not as in love with certain parts of the (laughs) dual sense as others i i like the sound i love the the specific rumbles of it that is probably my favorite part like obviously astrobot being the main showcase of that but that was you know back when the console launched i'm hoping to see something from a first party game now wow me in the same way um, I've heard Returnal does a really good job. So yes. I do want I do yes. want to give that a shot because yeah. I don't want to write it off.
2: The click in on a shoot shot is a different uh trigger press. It, it, you feel it. it's very, very different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I had it on for Ratchet and Clank, and like I mentioned, Resident Evil 8. And um it the, the adaptive triggers just to me felt like uh something was stuck in my controller. It didn't feel it didn't feel that great. Like there wasn't uh, enough of a difference per weapon where it was just like like it's, i was just like you know i just um i didn't like the feeling right. i i like when it's smoother like when you're pulling back a bow mm-hmm. and you hear like the yeah. tw- 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 yeah. like that's when it's like yeah that mm-hmm. feels good like when it's a, when the adaptive trigger is more resistance based gotcha feels awesome when it's more clicky i don't like it that much mm-hmm. um and maybe it's just a game by game implementation uh but really it is those specific rumbles and the sound from the controller has been massively improved that yes. i think is good so i want to see xbox mess with it and i think because you're seeing more third party do it um, and playstation is committing to it that if xbox were to jump in this race it'd be a staple and not only that but um i think there is something to be said with evolving the game experience and and there were games on playstation uh once again like an astrobot that were carried by its controller that was a new experience And, and so that's important and i think if you give the creatives at xbox an opportunity there maybe they could provide their own Astrobot-like experience, where it's like you know this is something that, sorry, but you, you you can't get anywhere else unless you have this controller here on this console. And so yeah. there's something really uh, powerful about that. That um that yeah. I'd be excited to see them tackle. It's about yeah. pricing, of course. too. Pricing,
2: of course. And, and last point. Um, it has been a while. I, I love the Xbox controller. I, I love the where the analog placement is. That's my my style. But mm-hmm. it has been a while since they've truly iterated the controller. If you yeah. mean it's kinda stayed the same for the most part. So there's an argument there for people. But I do hear your point. The other point I do wanna say is where I do agree with you where sometimes I feel that uh dual sense stuff can get in the way is like in the competitive shooting space. Like I don't want to be haptic anything when I'm trying you to get my TTK off, yeah. on or Destiny or whatever. Like I don't yeah. be <laughs> giving me resistance <laughs> in the joint. Like I'm yeah. with you there. Like there's yeah. some t- places where I don't feel it's really suited for in a very competitive space. But that's what Yeah, I
0: mean. absolutely. And that's why I, I remember in, in Call of Duty, I, I turned it off for multiplayer, yeah. you know, just right away. It's like, yep, we're, we're at a disadvantage here. So nope. Uh, that's the other thing. Is is I wonder if in a game like Returnal, it feels like you're at a disadvantage because you have to have that extra click. I know it's such a fast paced game; you can mm-hmm. die real quick. Uh, yeah. Just like a good run can turn on its head fast. Mm-hmm. So I, I would love to hear from the audience on that. But yeah, I'm 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 also of the mindset that now you've got to get people to go out and buy these controllers to to do good this because what PlayStation did very wisely was they packaged them with the console. So now you've got that uphill battle to fight to get people to buy in. Where, I mean, if they're already making these features for PlayStation, maybe Xbox is looking at it saying, oh, it's as easy as literally plugging and playing now for our our Xbox series consoles where you can do the same thing over here. Like I'm talking on the developer front. Like it's not this 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 massive programming challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe that's why they feel it's it's possible for them because I was a little surprised. It's like, oh, maybe PlayStation just beat them to the punch on this. Right. But it seems like there's something they're seeing where they think they can jump in late and benefit from it. So we'll see on that front. VR and AR are you into VR cog I don't I don't know
2: yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a baby I'm a baby I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta shout out uh, one of my people's, all uh, Bill stillwell he's uh he's one of the ones that lead the charge and I was resistant with him I remember when he he was a Microsoft lifer and then now he's with a uh, Facebook VR and oculus which uh, what you call his mm-hmm. mentioning Phil you know I remember pushing back at him and I'm like this is gimmicky. I was like, nobody doing this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and I, I was, I was a hater. I ain't gonna it. I was a big old <laughs> VR hater. I laugh. I look how doofy they look. Like I, I was that guy <laughs> clowning people. I was bad. Like if you remember, sidebar. If you remember, it was like a either a Time magazine. And they were like, "Is VR is the future?" And they had a kid with the VR. He was looking up, and he had he was all uh, strapped. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, "See, this is the look that we don't want. Game is that <laughs> I was bad, bro. <laughs> now I, I I gotta pull it back. I gotta pull it back. You know, I, I, I've actually experienced a couple, you know, of, of VR games. You know, because I said, look, I can't keep clowning this thing. I ain't even try it, right? So you know, I, I experienced a couple really cool. I haven't really dived into PSVR, but like a lot of the Oculus stuff, and um, yeah, it was it was actually pretty cool. And the one that everybody screams about, and I did shout out to my boy about he one was a fun one, which was Beat Saber. That was fun, but um, uh, what you call Half Life? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard good it's, it's
2: it's it's you know it, it's the deal. It's the deal. You you can see now. You are like okay, there's potential. Am I? sold all the way like oh this is definitely absolutely the future like i'm always going to be traditional controller guy that's just in my soul right but i do see the lane you know what i mean and you know as we're going to get to this point with the whole arvr with with phil i actually defended phil on this i was just like look i get it it's trending but i still feel it's niche and and in my Mm -hmm. my opinion that's not The focus, the focus is last generation. You didn't have first party games that were hot, hot like that. You relied so much on third party. So let's fix our house first. (laughs) Let's get this done. Then you can play around and do with all this other stuff. That's just where I'm at it at with it. And a lot of I know a lot of gamers that love VR get mad when I say that. But that's where I'm at. If if they do it down the road, once they've established and we've got these Xbox bangers that are out, then or if they want to let the third parties come in with Oculus or whatever and make it attach or whatever, fine. But I, I personally don't think it needs to be the focus. And I'm a guy that was there when HoloLens was launched. And I met Kudo and those guys at Get a chance to try to try this stuff out. And it's it's cool stuff, but I just want the games. Xbox, please get these games out. Then you're gonna worry about the narrative and that's gonna change and you're gonna see. But what do you what do you think, man? Yeah.
0: I uh I love VR, right? Like I, yeah. I uh I, I remember, I remember got a rift and I uh I I love it. You know, it's, it's just great. I can't play it for long, unfortunately, but I I, I do enjoy what I can play. But my only gripe with it is really, it's such a high buy-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so few games for it, which, you know, I think everyone already knows. But what I didn't expect was as I, I'm a Rift owner, oh. Um, so there's certain games you can experience on there and then the Quest 2 comes around. And there's cool. certain games you can only play on Quest 2 and I found that weird because they're both on the Oculus platform, but one only works on Rift, one only works on Quest, so it's like, I don't want multiple VR headsets in my house. And I know Quest 2 is like more wireless and, and disconnected where it's it's probably more nice to use. Mm-hmm. But I just, uh, you know, for me, that's sort of what pushed me away was the idea of like, oh, okay, I need to get multiple headsets here. Yeah. And that's why I think PlayStation's done so well. They have this budget headset. It right. may look terrible when you're looking into the lens. Mm-hmm. Like you have blurry glasses on, but it's, it's cheap. Right. Um, people can just buy games for it and they don't have to worry about major evolutions uh uh underneath the same banner that go from rift to quest 2 and they're like well why doesn't this game my rift work on uh, right because it's for quest 2 so that's where uh, i sort of fall back from it you, you were totally on point i don't really uh, think too much on xbox doing vr because i think they're you you gotta make your home console and pc games like you gotta get those right first once you get that rolling go experiment go have a blast but until then, mm-hmm. just sit down, get to work. You know, thank you. Thank you. PlayStation
2: agree. is afforded that they—they've had. You know, what I'm saying? as far as the quality, yeah, they're of they allowed to
0: like, experiment yeah. with the Vita, with the with the VR because they mm-hmm. have this home console joint that's been working for mm-hmm. for for years. Yep, years yeah. like 2013, 2014. Uh, yeah. F- final point is, you know, I think me and you talked
2: about it in, in reference to you know, I don't want them to get the fool's goal like they got with connect with the connect on the 360 they you know they caught a wave you know and and then the next generation it was like okay we're gonna pack it in and it's gonna be that and this is the experience now and yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) yeah exactly yeah look focus on these games man and then you can come back to everything else
0: I would love to have been in the, uh, the conference room just sitting there watching them talk up this game plan for the Xbox One reveal. Like, There are so many moments that happen on stage yes. that people are like, wow, I can't believe that happened. I'm like, I want to be there for the conversation yes. where they, no, where the they plan it. Yeah. Where, where they're just like, I, I, was, I was saying this in my video talking about director's cuts is where EA decided to like, do the dual entitlement program. And they, they just sat there and, <laughs> and decided we're going to charge you pretty much $40 for this upgrade. I said, I would have loved to just be sitting there watching clearly these suits, you know, folding their hands, you know, adjusting the tie a little bit, just gently resting there going, we're going to fucking scam them. And it's, you know, it, I'm just like sitting there watching, going, really? Like they just, like they think this is a good idea. They think this is going to work. And they're like, well, why not? And I, yeah, I could just, mm-hmm. I would love to be a fly on the wall for some of these decisions that these companies make. Big time, big time. Some of the funnest moments of is. Absolutely. Number three, some of Xbox's most notable executives spoke in an interview with the outlet The Guardian in a way that sounds like it's targeting consumers, but most likely is speaking to future partners they hope to work with. For starters, Phil backs up the early access experience, showing that through the cloud and putting creators as the leader, that it could change the very way those games are made. Quote, when we can stream to any device, a PC or it could be a phone, we can really look at how to make more of these kinds of early access experiences, even as a funding model for creators sometimes, he said. I think it can open up for a tighter relationship between creator and consumer. Creators are a huge focus for us right now, end quote. Skipping ahead, Matt Booty, head of Xbox Game Studios, joins the conversation on how first party within Microsoft runs. An excerpt from the interview reads, quote, Booty says there is no single overriding approach to game development under Microsoft's nor groupthink approach to design. Although the company has talked a lot about evolving games and retention and subscription models, not every game is going to get a season pass. We don't have any direction or mandate that says every game has to be an ongoing sustained game. Take Psychonauts. There might be a Psychonauts 3, but I'm not going to tell Tim Schafer to go make it. Knowing the history of games he makes, I don't think he's going to be making a game that has seasons or goes on for five years, he says. Sea of Thieves has longevity, and we're going to have Halo multiplayer start to be based around seasons. But Compulsion Games, our studio in Montreal, I got to, I'm dying to know what they're working on. Just side note there, we were not going to tell them to build something that they don't that's going to have seasons or six pieces of DLC or something. Tell me why was an important story for us to get out there, but there is no mandate they've got to go figure out how to do seasons for that game. Phil Spencer backs this up with an earlier claim, suggesting that Xbox is currently working on more narrative-focused games than they have (coughs) ever had in their history as a company. The team collectively believes these risks will be taken despite the growth of seasons and recurrent content. In turn, through these risks and the payoff of their game plan, It is felt that the game development (laughs) pockets can reach territories that were never development hotspots. Cog, I'm dishing it off to you right away. No setup. (laughs) Put your damn hands together. Put your dead hands <laughs> together.
2: This is what I'm talking about, baby. We made it. Hashtag just one. I was so hyped. I thought you may have forgot this topic, and you promptly corrected me. You're like, Cog, no, I got you. It's in the notes. I was like, okay, whew, because this was the one. This was the one. Man, I've been dying on this soil, brother. I am so excited. J- listen, I know a lot of this, people are going to say it's marketing, and I get it, That's fine. But I've never heard them clearly say it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the single-player narrative-style experiences, right, that we know Sony is so well at doing. And at, here's the thing. The beauty of, of these co- comments by Booty and Phil is that two things that we've already confirmed. One, they're not mandating yo, you have to make this, get on that assembly line, pump out these halos, mm. pump out these season passes, right? We just had that conversation, right? A couple yeah. of defining Dukes ago, and we're talking about, hey, like, hey, we just want them to be careful, you know, that monetization model, and, you know, is it going to go down that path? Now, there's going to be obviously some games that are going to fit in that mold, but to see them say we're not forcing, right? To see them say, Yo, single player experiences, some games that's going to have some risk, we're going to let them do. I love to see it. And then the last thing was um, there was an interesting part about the creator aspect. I thought like they're going to do like almost like an early access. That part, I'm a little, mm, I got to see mm-hmm. where they at. Cause remember me and you talked about that, like mm-hmm. the game preview bag. I don't know how I feel about yeah. that bag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But everything else, I'm with it and maybe just maybe because um someone tweeted me something similar to this and a couple couple friends from some studios of mine from that a part of xbox k studio were kind of like smiley face hinting. so i'm like okay my hashtag just one seems that it's coming and maybe more than one so yeah, i'm hopeful might be man. just five who knows <laughs> man <laughs>
0: just five. i'm with it like, i would be all about that go. right i yeah i um i think this is to be expected but you know what uh, the other thing is that when you look at contraband you look at redfall like these are new exclusives next gen exclusives but they are co-op yes. right like they're multiplayer in some way shape or form really starfield is the only game yeah. and you would assume avowed yes maybe fable like these are games that are likely going to be single player only okay. so I, like you could try to write them off but really i feel like starfield's the only one right now that you can look at and go like oh single player narrative like perfect I guess Halo's campaign too. You yes. should throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just to me, what I think is is most relieving is that um, they're not having an overriding approach. They're not saying this is what you have to have made. Um, and I that's why I think they've been doing this a lot lately. Not that speaking on like, Hey, we're having more single player narrative games than ever in our company's history. That's the mm-hmm. first we've heard that, but they've kind of continuously beat the drum that we don't you know, override things and we don't need longevity. And, Creators are a big focus. That one especially has been hit across like the Satan so- you know, and Adela video. And mm-hmm. they just like everything's about i put in quotes like empowering the creators, end quote. I think they're speaking more to other teams that they're looking to buy. I think they're speaking to other teams that are looking to work with them on an exclusive capacity. I think that's what they're doing because these things are worded where consumers are gonna get hyped about it just naturally going like, oh man, look, like look, Xbox is it's so great to work with them. I can't wait to see the games that are coming from them. But really they're speaking to I think developers who are who, mm-hmm. who are looking to work with them and going like, Hey, this is we're saying publicly to an outlet, like we're putting it in ink. Yeah. This is how we approach things. Like yeah. we're we're putting accountability good online point. here.
2: I didn't think about that. Yeah. It it's a good, it's a marketing pitch to say, Hey, if you get down with us in an ecosystem, we're hands off. We're gonna let you mm-hmm. do this. We're empowering you. That's a good point. I even think about that. It, it it's a, it's almost like a pitch to for for, for acquisition. Yeah. yeah.
0: That Satya Nadella video, like that, the timing was oh E three hype. Like we're gonna see them go all in, and by all intents and purposes, they really did. They got twenty seven games on Game Pass, lots of new exclusives. But to me, it was beyond that. It's like you had your CEO of Microsoft sit there with a Halo Infinite sweatshirt, Bro, go, "I'm all in on gaming." That's huge. Like that is something you're saying to other companies who are looking at you, going, "All right, they got his that the CEO of Microsoft again." That's never happened on camera. And, and hyped about games, wearing game merch, and saying like, Bro. yeah, I'm all in. Like that makes you go, all right, well, we might want to work with them if they're going out that publicly with it. Bro, that's why I tell them I when mean, we had the uh,
2: DDU with, with Colin. That, that to me, was significant. No, uh, To me, that's one of Phil's greatest accomplishments. Even if He he's to retire mm-hmm. right now, and I got my little hierarchy because I was a Peter Moore guy. Right. Peter Moore. I'm a Sega kid. So Peter Moore was my guy. He came over. I'm like, all right, 360 is one of the best generations. But I have to admit, Phil is in his bag on the business and future of Xbox side. Like what you just said, when you get the CEO to commit to gaming and it's not the ugly stepchild that it was perceived to be with Xbox, where okay, it's making a little bit of money, but our real focus is, you know, Office mm-hmm. 365, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, that guy, he don't, like, listen, Phil do know how to move in a room full of vultures, baby. He out here, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, I, I, I have to give him that. Like, it, it is so, we can't understand how much, how important that is to get corporate suits to believe in mm-hmm. gaming and then commit gaming so yeah and to the overall point if this now empowers you know uh studios to come over and get excited about wanting to work with microsoft and 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 be a part of that ecosystem and partner up more power to it it's a great thing
0: yeah because they really hit everything in this uh on a creative level they hit you know let's target like creators are huge focus they talked about funding models for early access they talked about season content they talked about recurrent evolving content they talked about single-player games like they addressed All these different types of games, and just sort of went like, "We got you, and we got you, and we got you." Like they just hit all these marks, and that's why I was like, "I'm, I'm feeling like they're just talking to other companies with this." Good point. Um, again, but yeah, I'm just very excited to see them start to roll things out. As I imagine, many of us out there are. Uh, We're getting there, right? Like I said, Compulsion Games. Like I just hope that. They, I they, hope they, t- they don't let down, man. They Bro, They not,
2: chirping oh. to me. They tr- I'm just letting you know they've been chirping. <laughs> they've been, there's a couple people over there. They've been, they, I'm like, all right, I'm getting excited. You know I'm yeah. So listen. We'll yeah, see.
0: I, I just we happy few isn't a bad game. Just it, it it had a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. I thought its a universe though was fucking awesome. And yes. I just want to see them without it's, feeling like they got to do procedural generated content yeah. like just just make a full game. Yes. What does that look like from compulsion? I, I cannot wait to find out. I think they that was such a sneaky goodbye for them. So we'll, we'll see in time, but agreed. plenty of other to be excited about. Number four news that isn't shocking is still news. While Xbox fans aren't impacted by this, it's still movement on the Bethesda front. Ghostwire Tokyo, the next game out of the evil within studio. Tango Gameworks has been delayed. Here's an official write-up from the team. Quote, We have made the decision to delay the launch of Ghostwire Tokyo to early 2022. We want to get the game in your hands as soon as possible so you can experience the unforgettable version of a haunted Tokyo that we've been hard at work building. At the same time, we're also focused on protecting the health of everyone at Tango. Sorry, I just, every post says this, man. It's like, it's so tired now. (laughs) Our new release window will give us time to bring the world of Ghostwire to life as we've always envisioned it. Thank you for being patient as we work to bring you an experience unlike anything else we've ever made. We can't wait to show you more in the coming months. End quote. Yeah, Delay, delay, delay. You
2: know, I, I'm always going to be on a fan of it. Make the game as best as it could be. I was a fan of its first issue showing. Mm. Not so much the second one as much. Because I, I remember I forgot, maybe it was like a year or I forgot how much time had passed. But it, yeah. the second showing didn't wow me as much. But um, I want to see what they do. I want to see what they do. Um, You know, Tango... You know i'm excited obviously they had the evil within and stuff like that you know i thought the premise was cool i just want to see the execution take as much time as you need so that's what i'm at very very simple with this one
0: yeah you? yeah really obvious delay just with how much they were marketing Deathloop in september that this one which had no noise at any state of plays was clearly going to get pushed back yeah uh so i think that's smart I wasn't crazy about what I saw either just yeah. because what I saw was way too action-y yes. uh, for what was otherwise a studio that I thought when they made the first Evil Within, I thought that game was... I still think. I went back and played it on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really good survival horror game. And then they sort of made this Last of Us style game in the Evil Within 2, which isn't bad. Right. And I think people would like it. And they just really stepped away from that. Like Nothing about Ghostwire Tokyo reminded me of that studio, which isn't a bad thing. Maybe right. it's their best work um i'll keep an open mind to it but i wasn't thrilled with what i saw because it looked a little too fast yeah. you know, you saw this guy punching the air shooting spells out at it, a ghost like yeah. zenyatta like yep. it was just like you know, i was like what is going on here uh so i'll remain patient check it out when it's out mm-hmm. uh but not a surprising delay yeah at all and so yeah. we will wait until early 2022 and they say we'll mm-hmm. we'll see more in the coming months mm-hmm. um there's been rumors of more state of play and of course we have. The likes of the Game Awards at the end of the year, right, right, so right, 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 right. another one that could fall into that slot. Um,
2: yeah. yeah, COVID, I, brother, COVID's real. Right. You know, I try to tell yeah. people all the time. You know, a lot of the you know fanboys sadly would say, "Oh, you know." It's only affecting one, you know, our... our If only. (laughs) Yeah, our studio, our our company ain't had no problem fucking out games, and I'm just like, look, this is a pandemic affecting everyone. We're gonna see delays, we're gonna see that, you know, this kind of stuff, so I'm not surprised, at least. Take as much time as you need, and then, you know, get a quality product.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Number five, this is how patient of a host I am, because if I could, this was number one. But... I had to prioritize the Xbox and Bethesda stuff first, but I was like, all right, now that that's done, (laughs) now we're into it. Let's get it. This is you. Atlas has revealed some plans to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Persona series, and the festivities will begin September of this year, continuing all the way until autumn 2022. Alongside a new website for it launching, they state there will be a 25th anniversary commemorative goods, various events, collaborations and of course video game information among the unannounced projects there are 7 mm. the celebration is due to the 15 million series wide sales that atlas has reached and recently it received a boost from persona 4 golden coming to pc which passed over a million units sold 1 year later after its release june 2021 Fans should reasonably expect one of these to be a Persona 6 reveal, given that the website features all the protagonists from the series with one blanked out from a question mark. Atlus has said for some time they will continue on to a Persona 6 much quicker than the gap between 4 and 5, but this is the first time they've addressed the scope of their project on a public level. The confirmation of Persona 6 comes through a recruitment page on Atlus Japan to garner new talent for the game. Quote, Thanks to a large amount of support we received from Persona 5, we have gotten a sense of accomplishment, said Hirooko, who is the director of the Persona games. Mm-hmm. But we can't stop there. When we created Persona 4, there was pressure that it had to exceed Persona 3. Now we will have to create a 6, which exceeds 5. However, exceeding 5 will be difficult with the current staff. I would like to surpass this tall hurdle with everyone who joins us in this recruitment. The workplace is perfect for those who want a creative challenge when it comes to bringing games to the world." End quote. Anthony A is our next write in. Hello, Duke and Lord. This September marks the twenty-fifth anniversary of the Persona series, with the Atlas Twitter account announcing that we should stay tuned for a game year or a year, sorry, of persona news and events. Do you think we finally get the announcement of a persona series coming to Xbox in some form? Keep up the great content. Welcome to Last Stand Media Community Cog. Yo.
2: This this is you, man. I, I'm actually this is, this is so you. So I would make okay. it very quick, bro. This this sounds really cool. You know, I think something hopefully would be imminent. But I want to defer to Maddie, man, because this is this is his bag. <laughs> this is what he do. He's been patient. What are you feeling about 25th anniversary? Uh, do, you, do we do you dude. think we get into six? or What's what's
0: happening? Yeah. So, a lot of people call me crazy when I put out my wish list, right? Mm-hmm. But I study Atlas like an attentive <laughs> mofo, right? So I I keep my eye on them. So one of the two of the things on my list were Persona Three remake and Persona Six. And people were like, "No, like you're you're out of your mind that mm-hmm. you know that any of these will happen within the same year." And I'm like, "They're not launching them in the same year, right?" Because when you look at when Persona Five was announced with its its uh, video, which was of a bunch of steel chairs and like ball and chain next to them, mm-hmm. and it was about like liberating yourself mm-hmm. uh, versus the official trailer there was a large gap in time. So I feel like we're going to get a persona six teaser in next year. That, gotcha. that much I feel is certain. Okay. I think that's going to likely be their last announcement in 2022. Cause there's still room for Atlas likes their spinoffs. They've only done strikers and Q2. And I think that's Oh Royal technically right. is a spinoff yeah. as well. Uh, so they've, They've done a lot of spin-offs for 5, but they haven't done Arena, which I think 5 Arena is a game that they are going to work on now that Guilty Gear is out mm-hmm. from Arc System. Since that's done, they can now move on to the next full project where they've expressed a lot of interest in a new Persona Arena game. So I feel like that's one that's on the table that's got to be made. Uh, there's just too much style and flair there for that to be left. Uh, those two have worked together on the Persona 4 Arena titles in the past uh, arena and ultimax mm-hmm. uh, ultimax is great but arena by the way is back compat if anyone oh, ever wants to try it nice. so you can fire it up just the original not ultimax for some reason but just the original you can fire up on your gotcha. series x and play it persona 3 remake though let's get it some people have you know really scratched their head you know like maddie how so i did a whole video there's a I, i'm gonna try to like really crunch it down here because it is a like 48 minute video on my <laughs> channel it's called the future of persona if anyone wants to check it out. Yeah, check it's it literally out. looking at Royal from top to bottom. Okay. All the things it does, how it drastically alters but yet retains the Persona DNA through its like side activities and the content it includes. It's like, how will this impact the future of Persona as it grows? So one of them is, of course, with Persona 4 coming to PC on Steam and them selling a million units in a year. Wow. That's easy growth for them. Sega. We'll get into a story soon. Mm-hmm. PC is very important to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're so going to get into the, that. <laughs> yeah, we are going to get into that, right? That's You're so, yeah. Right? Yeah. So they want to bring these games to new platforms, new series and old. So I think they are bringing these old games all over the place. And to answer Anthony's question, we'll get into Persona 3 Remake in a sec, but to answer Anthony's question, like, yeah, I think one of these announcements is Persona Xbox. I would be, I would be shocked if it wasn't like, yeah, Persona 4 Golden is on Game Pass. Mm. I would be really shocked if to celebrate the anniversary wasn't like, we're bringing it to more people, or another port is being done. It's going to arrive on some type of new platform. I haven't heard anything, but I, I believe that much, because Phil has been pretty adamant in getting this. I know he's, I've, I've reported this on the show before, but I know he's made trips, mm-hmm. you know, like, interested in Persona. And and working with Sega. So, I know that Xbox wants Persona. It's really about, like, if Atlas can port them, if they're willing to, uh, if PlayStation isn't really buying them out. But, like I said, with Persona 3 Remake, mm-hmm. the reason I say this is because there are a lot of assets and animations for the main character, for both the male and female protagonist, as DLC mm-hmm. in Royal. And I know it's not as easy as plug and play, right. but they have the models from the dancing games, these 3D animated models okay. uh, for the Persona 3 cast. I just feel like there have been so many assets gradually made over spinoffs. I forgot to throw it out there. Persona mm-hmm. 5 dancing is another spinoff. Mm-hmm. But there's been so many assets made for Persona 3. The main, like Orpheus, uh, his persona, or the main character's persona, right. I should say, for Persona 3 that's animated and it's like, okay, that was added as DLC to Royal. Ah. I feel like they are building assets for a three remake and then using it as DLC. And it's, and, and so I think three would not do well as a port. Cause it's very old. There's this tower called Tartarus that you just, it's boring. I'm going to be honest. Like it's not fun to explore. Uh, it, the game is, is not crunching difficult. Like it, it just will sometimes hit you like a bus on normal difficulty. Uh, there's not many saves in the middle of it. It can just be boring and frustrating, whereas Mementos in Persona 5 is this sort of, they took Tartarus and made it good. Gotcha. Um, And so I'm like, okay, they've learned their lesson, so how could they learn from this and go into remake? I just think there's too many tantalizing, uh, attractive options for them with a 3 remake that they could make that game significantly better. It's still a great game, by the way, but just modernize it in the right ways i think four wouldn't benefit from a remake five certainly wouldn't of course the original two could but they weren't even like the socialized persona games like we know right so i think three would anyway I could ramble all day. I love man. it. But I love you and your back. I love it. I I, I really could. You know, I, I I, adore Persona. I think it's a fantastic series. And of course, we do Game Pass pick of the week. And whenever Persona Ooh. comes to Game Pass, you already know all what right, my pick's going to be that week. I'm going to defer. I'm
2: going to defer <laughs> yeah.
0: you. Nah, bro. I, I,
2: I'm i with you. Like, I, I, I've I, only played one. I, I like, it was on, I think it was on PlayStation 2, 3. I forgot. I only played what It's early one. The, mm. the kids in the classroom and it was for them and... I beat the whole game. It was good. Don't get me wrong. It, oh, it, it was a okay. very, very complex, deep storyline. I was like, this is mm-hmm. darker than, you know, it was, it was a lot going on. But I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Don't get me wrong. I just, for whatever reason, I just missed the, the subsequent ones. And then I, I I felt like I was too far gone. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I that kind of thing. But everyone says five. And literally, like, to the, shout out to the question, is that. I'm waiting for that game pass. So I, once it gets in that, then I'm like, all right, you know what? It's no excuse. It's in there. I got to be a part yeah. of it. Shout out to Addict. He's a big persona guy. Kaibatsu, yeah, my boy Kaibatsu. And then you. So then when I play it, I'm going to come to you like, hey, what does this mean? What's going on here? How, you know, mm-hmm. how am I moving out here? But I, I love the passion from the base. It's a very passionate fan base. Everybody I know that plays Persona they love it to death. So I, 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 I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into it as soon as I get that announcement.
0: Good. Yeah. I, I just think, I, I, I genuinely think even if you end up playing Persona and you're like, this story sucks. Like, I think as a turn-based RPG, Five Royal is like one of the best you can play. It's, it's just on a gameplay front, it's so fantastic. I, mm. uh, I, I think it's so forward-thinking. It turns turn-based combat into something that's very fast moving Mm. um and it's it doesn't take control from you too quickly Uh, there's just a lot of things that work really well as a video game beyond its themes and its storytelling that's so fantastic there's just Mm -hmm. from top to bottom there's no other game like persona and it's just that's why it's so good so i hope they bring it to xbox i feel very confident they eventually will i have no doubt of that a matter of when, I think within this year window to celebrate would just make sense. Yeah. I don't sense. know for sure, but yeah. it would make sense. Yeah, the stars
2: align. And, and if you said that, I'm Lord Turnbase, so that's all you had to say now. Oh. I'm in. I'm in.
0: I'm all there the way in go. now. There we go. Hey, let's keep it up with Sega. Let's get into number six here so we can expand this conversation a little bit more. Judgment, been talking about that a lot this show, the successful detective themed spin off of the Yakuza series is getting a sequel this September. And if issues persist, very well may be the end of the series word comes by way of japanese entertainment news site nikon taishu where they have reported that the agency of takuya kimura the model used for the main character in the game are barring this game from entering the pc space the agency goes by the name of johnny and associates and they are living in the full-on stone age the report states that the agency quote has strict control over the likeness rights of its talent and the use of their image online is still limited to a few, end quote, which would make sense since mm-hmm. it has also been suggested that he can't follow his own wife on Instagram due to this agency as well. Wow. However, it's the strictness impacting the business that Sega considers watching their hands of this series. Quote, the game makers have decided that if they can't distribute the game on Steam, it would be very difficult from a business standpoint, and the series will end with the second game, Lost Judgment. Yo, yeah, this this is, this is a hot one right here, man. Right. This is very
2: interesting. A lot of components to it. Um, Shout out to the agency day. Why well, I got to be Johnny and Associates? <laughs> <laughs> Johnny and his man. Johnny and them.
0: <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. They said right. you can't make them games, man. That's, a, that's an ego name right there. Oh, my God, bro. That guy was feeling himself when he picked it. He's like, you all beneath me. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's me and the caressed and y'all. Like, I, I just think it's so hilarious. But uh, shout out to the, that whole Johnny and Associates thing. Yeah, like, look. This is very interesting because I've never seen this before. So basically his agency is saying he I guess he's a prominent what is it actor or something or you know. Yeah, prominent male yeah, Japanese actor. Exactly. So you know, his company is basically agency is saying you can't be in a steam game. And then I, I did a little bit of digging. Shout out to Whole Lord. That's that's the man right there. He's got a great uh, virtual galley on it. You know, it, it appears as if they say the reason behind the Steam, the reasoning is anything that's connected to the internet, right? So I'm like, okay, but games are still, like PS5 has a browser, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what you call it has a browser. So it's like, you know, Xbox. So it just, it's very interesting, this level of restriction. Then I do understand Sega's point with Sega's like, look, let's be real. There's a whole push to get these games on PC on the back end, Right. Yeah. Cause you, or, or, or at the same time, right. Cause you're going to get that extra revenue. Like it seems like the industry is going that way. We see Sony with, with Nexus, you know, got, got them to do the PC ports, you know, Microsoft was out, out front of it. Hey, we're putting a lot of our first party on steam, like in order to get that additional revenue and to have additional legs, you're putting your game out there. And I could totally see Sega, like, look, Tell Johnny and them, like, what's up? Like, we want this game on, mm-hmm. on PC. So, right. yeah, this, this might not end well. Because if there's not any way to make any amendments, I feel, to contractually, then I don't see you can move forward with this guy. Because the business model of Sega is to get these games on PC. And it's sad because... Judgment, from my understanding, I haven't played one yet because I'm I'm a Yakuza like a dragon. Like, judgment, from my understanding, plays like the traditional style as far as the combat and everything else, like the Yakuza games, as opposed to like a dragon, which is now switched more to turn based. So, it's a shame because every time I look at that the preview, the game looks fire. Like, I really want to mm-hmm. play it. And I would, it's sad. Like, damn, this series is about to come to an end because of an actor whose agency. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just a, it's an unfortunate situation. But I, I'm curious your thoughts. I know you're connected to Judgment, and I just want to know what you felt about it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because on one front, I wonder how much they've invested in Lost Judgment. Because one thing I've noticed when playing the first Judgment is, is uh, wow, they reuse everything from the old Yakuza games, which isn't a problem. It's a spin off and it's set in Kamurocho again, so everything's familiar, but like every location you go to pretty much is from the, the from the Yakuza games. Wait, wait, wait. So-
2: <laughs> you saying they reusing the whole assets from the
0: from, from, from Yakuza the map. The map is is it's- identical. Outside of a couple of locations. Wow. yeah, Yeah, and that's what they do, right? Like, in, in some of the opposite games, you're still running around Camarocha That's what's so tantalizing to me. I've been using that word a lot today. That's what's so, uh, we'll say, attractive to me about <laughs> Like a Dragon and Lost Judgment is they're both set in... Uh, it starts with an I. I'm sorry I'm forgetting it, but it's a new part of the city. Yes. And so... For me, I haven't played like a dragon yet, so I'm very much looking forward mm-hmm. to lo- Lost Judgment because it will be new to me. Right, and I want to look at th- th- through that lens, not as someone who's played Kwame one and two and then jumped into Judgment. And it's like, oh wow, I'm seeing most of the same sights, smells, and everything that I, I did in the uh, in the in the first game. So, mm. what, the reason I bring all of this up is because I feel for the amount of assets they've been reused. By the way, they did invest like the cutscene work, the intro, the music for the game, phenomenal. Mm. The combat really fun uh, so they did invest in this game but i look at it and go okay they reused a ton of stuff how high budget is this game and is it easy for them to profit off of it with this uh, so maybe steam is just an effort to maximize that profit or maybe they really did invest big in lost judgment and it's not as you know content reused at heavy as i i feel the original judgment is where they're like we need all the money we can get here because i don't know if no pc is such a make or break for the series maybe they accepted it for the first entry and then they went. All right, you know, second one we got to get this done. I thought of mods though for the reasoning behind this, like damaging. I put this. Oh, damaging <laughs> Takeo Kimura's, uh Kimura's uh, appearance online because people will mod these games on PC, okay. And maybe the way that like people could change his his clothes or his body or whatever, mm-hmm. that would be bad for him. Even though mm. it's it's all gains for the game and in turn gains for his career. But I was thinking that could be part of it is not even the the strict control of his likeness, mm-hmm. which, you know, like I said, he can't even follow his own wife on yeah, Instagram. All cool. Yeah, and uh, that's that's on another level, man. No. And, and then something like this, he's probably like, oh, that's tame of them. But yeah, I, I'm wondering if that's what bars the game from getting into the PC space yeah, is the it, mods. It's a good point.
2: I didn't think about it. You know, obviously, you know, mods... But it, it's still, Matty, it's a level of strictness that I've, I'm not, I wonder if it's like just a cultural thing with the way actors and stuff are handled there and it's just a level of, of delicacy with, with the likeness that they just don't want to risk because I've just never seen anything like that before but yeah mods is a possibility Um, I will say this to your point as far as the PC legs and stuff you know mm-hmm. I, I always butcher their name I'm just going to call them RGG Studios because <laughs> right. uh, you know yep. what I'm talking about Rio yep. whatever so I thought it was interesting that they were kind of had their chest out about how well the Yakuza series was doing and then how mm-hmm. well that they're going to keep like you know moving forward is going to stay turn based like how like a dragon was and that and they they promote like judgment is going to be for the traditional guys who liked it the old way so when i mm-hmm. hear those statements to me moving forward this was the, these were the future tenants you know this style going forward yeah. with, with like and so to now see them back away from it because of this to me i think they like the idea of it being on multiple platforms. We just had it on Xbox. They saw the success of that. They saw Game Pass. They, they said financially it, it did well. It was one of the, They mm-hmm. said Yakuza was one of the highest selling, and it's got to be because it's on more devices, in my opinion. So it's yeah. very... I could see why Sega is annoyed. Like, yo, this is a, a grander picture for us to have it on uh, more more devices. So it, it's, I hope they can resolve it. It, w- it would be unfortunate just to, to lose, you know, the, the whole series because of this, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to just tack on, because it's something I sort of noticed since this story broke, and maybe it's just I'm paying closer attention to it and maybe yeah. picking up on things that are irrelevant, but I think it's worth pointing out that when I played Kiwami 1 and 2, I loved Kiryu, main character for those games, because obviously he's a good-hearted guy, and he's sort of like Mr. Does Everything, mm-hmm. but he also, in the side quests, gets into these very unlikely situations, and he's awkward and funny, and, and sometimes he's stupid. Mm-hmm. I love that, right? Like, sometimes they make him look a little goofy. Mm-hmm. What I've noticed with Yagami, the guy you play mm-hmm. as, was based off uh, yep. Takuya Kimura, is they very much hero complex him in every side quest? Wow! No matter what he's doing, he is the ultimate hero, the savior. Um, and I get it because the game's judgment; it's about right. justice. So there's a theme there, but there's no, there hasn't been a room for him to slip a little bit. Like, gotcha. oops, what happened here? Like he mm-hmm. never really gets caught up in that trouble in the side quest. Which has been underwhelming because it's not like taking me on those twists and turns that a Yakuza yes. uh, a, a side quest typically does. Where you're like, "Why am I here in this room with like five guys with their shirts well, off you, now?" Like that. Yo, yeah. that's like
2: a dragon. That's why I fell in love with it, bro. It, yeah, Ichiban does the same. It's like, yo, what is going on here? Yeah, but continue, continue.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say. Just, I think that's, I think that's part of. It. I think they had their hand in the creative jar a little bit more. And I don't know if, like I said, I could just be seeing things that I'm just. I'm overthinking. So I'm not going to run away with it. Right. But I think it's worth taking note of that. Once again, they hero complex the fuck out of this dude. Yeah. And he's a good character, but in the side quest, they fail to build that personality because it's just always like, yeah, I- I'm here to save you. And, <laughs> and, and it's just, yeah it's Bro, I something not wanted, like, just i wanted I, to
2: listen i defer to you with, with the with the analysis and th- that is interesting maybe because of the creative control aspect mm-hmm. they, they want they, his image look yeah they want his image yeah good this is a, this is a good topic yeah. man very like, here
0: i'm gonna point out a side quest on how i think it would sort of go mm-hmm. it's a weird side quest because there is no even in judgment i'll say there's no quest side quest that's like just very very normal we'll mm-hmm. say but how I think it would go in a Yakuza game with Kiryu versus mm-hmm. how it, it went in judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mild, mild spoiler. Mm-hmm. But long story short, there's this guy flying a drone around taking women's underwear from their <laughs> from their clotheslines. And you're like, all right. So, you know, of course, Yagami's like the hero of the day. And, and you're running around and you track this guy down. His name's the Panty Professor and you beat the fuck out of him, right? <laughs> and so at the end of the day, he's like, you're weird. Like, don't do that. And I'm like, I know for a damn fact that there will be like a moment of hesitation for Kiryu where he'd be like, "Hmm, no, no, <laughs> like you know that's wrong, right?" Like, right. Uh, you know, but they they can't do that. They just can't. And it's not that like, they need to do that because, like I said, it's fucking weird, right? Yeah. But I'm just saying that that type of humor is in those games. Yes. And I was like, it was, of course, it's a little more serious judgment. But I'm just, I think Kwame's story is was surprisingly serious. So was Kwame, too? Like all of them are like, go, like it's missing that goofiness in yes. a lot of ways. I feel and so. Just something I wanted to point out a more example-based. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, like I said, I, you've got the judgment experience. I got the Like a
2: Dragon experience. And literally what you said is the types of side quests that are in Like a Dragon that I fell in. I was like, what is this goofiness? They had, one of them had me chasing, like, someone's pissing and urinating in, in, in the ocean <laughs> and we got to find out who did this. I'm like, what type Wait, what? of quest is this? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I was like, but it, and again, it, and the, and the character puts themselves in those vulnerable Weird situations and you get to see a different flavor it and it's to your point, which I think is excellent, which because of this actor, because of his prestige and what's going on, they may not be allowed to. I don't think you're too far off for that. I don't think you're too far.
0: It's possible, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's worth pointing out for the audience because it appears judgment's coming to Game Pass at some point. So people will be able to get their hands on it soon. You can pay attention to that for yourself. Let me know if I'm wrong. Number seven, final bit of news here. We talked about this many months ago. Nier Automata is finally receiving a PC patch after years of waiting that hopes to address all the nagging issues this version has. A second push was made by fans when they saw how well the Game Pass version of the game performed on PC. The new patch is heading to Steam on July 15th and will include the following borderless video settings. Fidelity FX HDR, anti-aliasing, UI textures at 4K, cutscenes will be upgraded in a way. They say the bitrate has been improved and all pre-rendered cutscenes are adjusted so they'll now play in 60 FPS and display in the correct aspect ratio without stretching the picture. Global illuminations receiving a change. They say a new Global Illumination can be set to three different levels, high, medium, or low. Ambient Occlusion and Bloom will be adjusted and then some bug fixes. It's now possible to switch between the recently selected uh, display modes for screenshots, such as between full screen and windowed or borderless and windowed mode. By pushing the alt and enter keys together, the mouse cursor is no longer displayed when using a gamepad controller. The frame rate has been stabilized at 60 FPS under default settings. Other stability-related fixes have been implemented. I apologize, by the way. We do have one more item on the news. But, you know, despite that... Uh, have you played Nier Automata before? I have not. I have uh, not.
2: Yeah, it's a gap. One of those weird gaps for me, man. But I always hear good things, always great things. A lot of my friends truly, truly love it. So it's very interesting to see all these uh, uh, PC settings that are there, that are being fixed and, and adjusted so that
0: it could be on party. seems like really cool settings. But what about you, man? You're a big fan of the series, big? Yeah, yeah, yeah I like Nier a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not crazy about Replicant, which came out this year, but right. Automata is, is Replicant's a good game. I should make sure I make that clear. But it's just Automata is such a phenomenal game that mm-hmm. it sort of dwarfs that one but yeah the pc version of automata was terrible uh a lot of people just really ripped it apart and Ooh. then the game pass version comes out on pc and it works fine And people are like oh hold up really?
1: i bought this on
0: yeah they're like hold up i bought this on steam i want this thing to work and so they 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 announced a patch a couple months ago and now they're releasing it and got it uh, all, you know four years after launch here we are now <laughs> the game will the game will work the game will seemingly work how it should be on pc that is I think their their PC sales either must have been terrible or they just didn't care. Yeah. I don't, I don't know years. what it was. Damn. Yeah. But good for them. Mm-hmm. Salute, salute. Number eight, just a short little write-up here. I personally don't have too much more to add, but mm-hmm. um, Psychonauts 2 officially boasts a invincibility mode. It is an option for players to cut beneath the easy mode and attempt to make the game more accessible. It's able to be toggled on and off in the options, so nothing will be forced on the player. Ooh. Yeah. I'm sure this will go well <laughs> yeah
2: yeah you, listen um, this is actually a little polarizing in the community I I found out that yeah there's some people um, who you know are really against this kind of stuff and I I think I don't want to throw my souls guys under the bus because a lot of my souls like you know <laughs> they don't like the easy bones they don't like a lot of that stuff they want the purity of it and you know I, I don't know like, I don't really care too much to be angry either way about it but I you know, there is a part of me, if it's like a, if Psychonauts 2 does not, a, in my opinion, I am have am played it, but it doesn't seem to sell itself as one of these games with these very high difficulty spikes. So it's just an interesting that I'm like, okay, they, they, they're they considering putting this mode in, but hey, you know, people going to try it, knock themselves out. I mean, I don't know where you at with this yeah.
0: stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm of the mindset that this is a mode and it's, so it's like a difficulty, right? Right. I don't see what there is to be up in arms about. Now, if we're talking mm-hmm. like, hey, we've shifted the design of the game. We've changed X, Y, and Z. Right. This will affect all players on some way, shape, or form. Right. You have a right to be angry, I think. Uh, I'm of the mindset that once we start talking about the actual design of the game being altered, right. um, where it is now impacting all players, mm-hmm. I feel that's almost counterproductive to the issue. I feel like it's overcommitting to one side to address feedback when when you're leaving another side now so yeah when it comes to of course the souls games have really carried this argument for years and years um and if they want to put a mode that's fine i really don't care if it's a mode um but really what is so great about those types of games is the like you said the purity of of you just fire it up and you learn the game over time and uh i i respect fromsoft a lot for just doing their thing man they're just they've kind of blocked out the noise and Mm -hmm. they just make their games um, and if they want to do that, you know, no one can tell them just go do something different with it. Right. Uh, so as as great as it would be, and we'd love to see more people get into Souls, they're, they're probably not going to. And I know accessibility is important, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's just certain companies that I don't think are are strongly interested on that level because uh, yeah. it demands a lot of development time and testing.
2: Yeah. No, I think you said it best, brother. I, I completely agree. As long as it's within the vision of the creator. Uh, i'm I'm about it, you don't know saying? If right. they, they feel Just like to the start whatever, yeah, that's their vision. let them rock if
0: they don't want that fine if they want it then yeah it is it's an option so it is what it yep. is. yep all right. now that's all of our news for the week and we get into our game pass pick of the week, which cog handled this one when you said it to me, I went, oh, yeah. all right, like i'm I was looking at this one. I saw the reviews weren't crazy, but you like this game? I'm like, all yeah. right, like I want to be sold on this one. So let's let's talk about your Game Pass pick of the week, Empire of Sin, man. Now look, mm. you know, full disclosure, the ratings ain't the highest, <laughs> but <laughs> I
2: will. The reason why I like it, okay, you got to be in a mindset here. Let me put you. Let me, let me put you in the mindset. The all mindset right, is this. Slate. Now you got to be in your broadwalk empire 1920s prohibition Chicago gangster vibe. Right.
0: Okay. You know what I'm Very specific, but I think I can manage.
2: Yeah, that. You, you try to sell the hooch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you try to whatever. You know this. this you're ridden that. You know. Come on, see with the Tommy guns. <laughs> like you got to be in that bag, right? The Dick Tracy, the old school. Like this. First of all, the music is phenomenal. Whoever does their music, phenomenal, right? turn like base for my turn based lords. If you like turn based games, right. Term based there's two layers to it there's the 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 actual um speech check layer so you got like a little i ain't gonna get, get crazy with mass effect level speech checks but it, 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 you know they have basically the bosses that you pick you have all these different types of bosses you can pick to run your organization right and basically you know based on what you pick they have their strengths and their weaknesses and then they have their own different abilities right so you have the gangster component which is basically trying to take over territories, establishing your crew, recruiting people into your squad, right? Then you have the police who they could be a hindrance. You got to try to bribe them to get them to work with you, stuff like that. And then what they have, what I love, I call it like the gangster diplomacy segment. So basically (laughs) if I come over to your area, right, and I could be like, look, we running this over here, and we could we could try to have a sit down to avoid conflict. We, I could go with guns blazing. We could just fight, and then it's turn base versus turn base, right? But we could have this diplomacy thing where and it's cinematic. You sit down, I sit down, and then we try to see what we can offer each other. And then mm. from there, at that point, we can form alliances and stuff like that. It's a mm. it's a surprisingly deep game. Now, mechanic-wise, you know, obviously, it's like UI-wise is a little wonky. I will say that UI is a little wonky, but... There's a 4K mode. There's 120 frames per second mode in a turn-based game moving around a map, which is very interesting to me. But look, if you're a fan of that time era, that that era, that whole bit, it's it's a love letter to the era. Mm. So Empire is in... 1920s, old school mm. Chicago. You know, you're running rackets. You you're doing all type of stuff. It, it's a fun it's a game, Pat. Give it a shot, bro. Give it a shot.
0: But yeah, if I said man, I I I I, I do I do like it so far so Mm -hmm. why are why were the reviews not great for the game then is is what my question was like what was the kind of drawback for so many people because i didn't read into it i just saw it and i was like all right maybe i'll get to it on my own i
2: I feel the menus are a little cumbersome there were some a lot of technical issues with the game initially you know what i'm saying there were some some issues and then i haven't obviously beaten it so I, i don't know how The story then progresses after like the midpoint on. So I would assume it's the technical aspects and maybe the payoff in the end. Maybe people didn't you know feel it was the payoff. It was was as good. Mm -hmm. But I have to admit, if you like turn based and you like, because I feel turn based games either fall into a category which is the gameplay itself is fun, but then there's no what I call strategy layer. Like XCOM has a strategy layer with your base. Like this has a very in depth strategy layer and if you like that type of minutia, it's going to be for you but for some maybe it's just too cumbersome and and the, uh, combined with the ui issues are a little wonky i will say the ui is a little wonky. but it's still a fun game if you get again if you like turn mason, and if you like the era
0: it reminds me of a game i played on my switch the reason i stopped was because the text was too tiny that was back when that was a problem around the launch era of the switch was like text was really hard to read for certain games and mm-hmm. They had to adjust. It's called I was looking it up while you were talking. It's called Phantom Doctrine. And have you been? We played just that?
2: became bro. Are you serious? You know about yeah. that joint? That was Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, that's underrated. Bro, I love Phantom yeah. Doctrine. I still got them. I gotta game. finish. I'm halfway through. Yeah, <laughs> that's my joint. That's the yeah. I, I, I interviewed that dev. I remember like they, they were small little um joint polish uh, studio yeah that mm-hmm. game is it, it, it's espionage it's spy that's it's, what
0: i love about yeah,
2: it. yeah oh bro and, and the same thing fun, even the title screen music was absolutely phenomenal and mm-hmm. um you had to like you know if you get discovered you had to change your base and stuff like that they need to put that in game pass phantom doctrine yeah, yeah i know what you're talking about it, it's, yeah Yeah. i'm surprised it's not there that seems like a really good fit for game pass yeah. like it's just super underrated sad sadly i i know enough on the background with them yeah, they went through some big creative issues with the publisher. And mm. then, yeah, now apparently they're making a two without the original team. The guy that made the original one is now going to do his own game. Yeah, wow. it's, it's a mess. It, it's, it didn't end well with that whole development wow. thing. Yeah, so I, I've been in communication with the dev. They're working on their own thing in the spirit of, because apparently whatever they're going to call Phantom Doctrine 2 is not made by, by them. And it's that mm. blessed by them. So just a heads up on that one.
0: Yeah. That last part is probably the most important, you yeah. know? All right. Great pick of the week. I'm going to have to look into that mm-hmm. when I, when I uh, finish up judgment, mm-hmm. five ending questions now to wrap up our show. First one. Well, rather two questions, but they're quickies come from Callum Newson. Hey Dukes, I have two questions. One, Maddie, as the game pass library keeps changing every few months or so, will you do another game pass <laughs> tier list in the future? i just wanted to wipe this off the list real quick there has to be enough new stuff added and there for me to dive in because you know part of the allure of that video is like it's this movie yeah. uh so i don't want to take away from our show here and do w- monthly game pass videos on my mm-hmm. channel um so i i even though i know that would do well on the channel mm-hmm. so i'm like let me wait for like enough stuff to be there and i'll do a new tier list probably every year yeah. is what I i'll end up doing to sort of just satisfy the the wooly yeah, of, you of killed the audience. that. You killed that. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm glad it did really well over mm-hmm. time. I was I was pleasantly surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Number two, really the main question of this: mm-hmm. What games would you like to see have FPS boost? For me, I want nier i Love the show, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Callum. So yeah, when they announced Dark Souls three FPS boost, that was it. They were just like, oh, we use a special technique, and Dark Souls three has FPS boost now. Different from how they were typically doing it with widespread you know we added 90 games with fps boost now and it's like oh the whole ea library suddenly (laughs) has it now they're doing it like special announcements so we can sort of go game by game now what is one maybe that you'd want to see with fps boost i'm gonna yell it for the rooftops so I'll say it
2: every time I want, <laughs> Rise, Son of Rome, the oh, greatest man. 900p game in the history of gaming. <laughs> <laughs> the most beautifulest 900p thing I've ever seen. I was like, the Xbox One is powerful. I was like, the got this thing. I was amazed. So I like that. And then Honorable Mention, because I'm in, I ain't going to lie, I'm in my, 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 my Le- Mass Effect Legendary bag. There's a part of me, I, I got to confess, there's a part of me that's like, God, I want to play Andromeda after I played like oh. just to. I know, I know, mm. just, just to give it a fair shot with unbiased eyes right after the trilogy and with a frame bump. So with now with all the patches, right? Because remember, mm. remember, how them faces and how it was it was spooky when that joint first launched, yeah. right? Yeah. So I've I'm so far removed from it that I would like to see what 60 does for it and i'm willing after i finish the trilogy to play andromeda so i think i think yeah it's rise of andromeda but what about you you about am, am, am i am i going too too far crazy Andromeda? <laughs> no
1: no no
0: just no because the thing andromeda is i always say this a fun game to play mm-hmm. i played it on pc when when i reviewed it and it's a really fun game and and it's you'd think because of how much i stand mass effect 3's multiplayer that you know, I would be all over Andromeda, but just three was an era, man. Yeah, right? that's, that's all movie, I can define it as. Yeah, it was an era, yes. a multiplayer that will never be touched again. Ooh. And, yeah. uh, hope, seems like they're bringing it Bring back, it back but, hopefully. but you know, that aside, like, yeah, I think FPS boost on Andromeda would, would make a lot of people happy because it's just a fun game to play. It's mm-hmm. characters and story and, yeah, yeah, all that. i that. Less than <laughs> less than enthusiastic on. <laughs> I think BioWare feels the same because they just pretend the game doesn't exist yep. now, which. You know, I understand I, there's been there were some hints in, in the new Mass Effect trailer trailer that they're combining the two, which Ooh. would uh, would not surprise me. Just, you know, wrap it in, and just make it a small role now. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. What about I, I think for me, you know, I got to go back to games I just played and I was like, you know, it'd be cool if there was FPS boost here. Uh, that was Dead Space. I'd love to see mm. them throw 60, 60, F, 60 FPS. 60. I guess that could be a turn, right? <laughs> Yeah, All right. That's 60 FPS all right i think that could work but hey (laughs) 60 fps too would be nice uh for the dead space trilogy uh you know because i i i wanted to play dead space 3 with a buddy and so he only had pc so i had to hop on there so that was the only one of the trilogy i played in 60 luckily i'm not one of those guys who's losing their mind between the fps change but for me it's a this is nice. All right. this is God,
2: nice. God bless and you so, in that thirty, though. God bless you. Yeah, that, right. Like I can, I can go through thirty. I,
0: I really don't mind. Like really? I, I, I don't. I I like sixty a lot, but mm-hmm. I when I go to thirty, I think it's because I play a lot of retro games. Oh, okay. You know, I don't care. Like I just played SMT four on my three DS and and put like forty hours and beat it. It's like I don't care that it it You're was it man. was prior. It's a bunch man. of pictures with like with special effects on it, like at some point it's just the visuals on the screen, you know, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Uh, but obviously game to game, it, it, it'll change like certain things. I've, I may feel need 60, like a shooter. Yeah. I don't think I could play a shooter in 30.
2: Okay. So it's more of a genre thing for you. If it's, if it's more of a, like, yeah, a like I'm playing doom. Yeah. No. Dude, okay. So no. now I get yeah. I was like, how he doing nah. <laughs> Okay. Now nah, I get it now. Nah, I get it now. Nah. Yeah. If it's like a, seven, a experience, single player experience and you know it's more about the world and stuff like that, you could deal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, because you know, there are there if it's competitive, then frame data matters a lot. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we need sixty in a fighting game. We need sixty okay. in a like. shooting game. Like a hundred percent. So Anything with like competitive elements or online elements, like I do want that 60. But if it's, if I'm running around in a world space or I'm going through single player levels, I got you. Who's getting affected, man? Like I'm fine. You. Others are, but I'm fine. Matty's chilling. Number two, Zach Schumler. Hey, Dukes how do you guys take notes while you play games or do you i'd imagine the best strategy is just to pause occasionally and write down your thoughts or is there another strategy i haven't thought of ps i love the show and cog has been a fantastic addition thank you for the effort you guys put into making this great content our pleasure zach do you when you do content for the iron lords and stuff for your podcast anything Mm -hmm. you're putting together last word do you Mm -hmm. do you take notes at all when you play games
2: after i don't do during i know a lot of people do during my memory's pretty good in the moment. Like I, I, when I'm playing, I'm like, I'll, I'll like document key moments. I'm like, "Mm, okay, I don't like this or I love this. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And then after the fact, after the session, I will play. But like, I believe, um, maybe, I don't know if E, I I gotta ask E if he does it. Uh, like, during, I know a lot of my friends do. You know, when they when they they'll have like a side pad or have their tablet. You know what I'm saying? And they'll, they'll write <laughs> stuff down. You know, kind of thing. But like, I'm a person that I'll experience it and then, but I have to immediately once I'm done get to my computer or get to my you know whatever and then write the hey yeah I remember this this that, da, da, da And that's kind how, how kind of I consume. But I don't think I take notes per se. I don't remember ever taking notes per se during. But what about you?
0: I do during. I yeah. do during if I'm mm-hmm. studying for a project or something because I don't trust my memory. Okay. I, I have a good memory, I'd say, but it can also be like Swiss cheese in certain yeah. moments. And I, you know, I don't, don't want to get into calling out people here, so, but like so. I really, I genuinely, I remember reading a thread online once. It was a Twitter thread, and there were a bunch of like game reviewers just really puffing out their chest on the idea. They're like, I don't take notes at all when I play. I think it's about the natural experience of what sticks in your mind when you write? And I'm like, that's brave. I was like, that's brave because there's, <laughs> there's shit that you will like that you will forget. And it's yes. just that simple. Uh, it really is. Uh, and so I am, you know, I'm not even doing this to, to, to lift my platform up, but I yeah. just, I genuinely do it because I don't want to forget something that someone in the audience may care about. Like it yes. may be lower tier priority for me, but that thing may be significant for someone else. So yes. I try to write down everything I can um, they're in notes that only like I would understand anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it doesn't matter. Like they're just two second little write uh, write downs. Yeah. It never really pulls me out of the game either because you know I get excited or I'm just like this sucks. I just,
1: <laughs> just scribble away.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I do also. I don't even use my tablet for it. I it commit shows. it to memory almost when I use it with a pen and paper. Um, I like to do it that way. Okay. It feels like there's something a different connection with my brain there. Uh, when I'm typing, I'm almost in a flow mode. Okay. When I'm writing, though, it's like. We're committing okay. this to memory so okay. we can speak more authoritatively. It's just a—it's all a mindset. the yeah.
2: creative. <laughs> yeah, like for me. Yeah, like for me, I was like, I'm. Yeah, I do commit a, a way probably way too much to memory, but like there's always I'm a person that I'm I'm the opposite where I when I type then it starts coming back all like, oh yeah Mm -hmm. this 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 and then i'll have some key points to myself but it's interesting how we you know each each person works individually and and comes up with the content but yeah you you do a phenomenal job with that because it's very detailed very extensive you know what i'm saying and stuff like that so yeah i could totally see see that working for you
0: well what's great is elgato you know usually while i'm doing this for probably a reviewer project of some kind and like Elgato has like game title and then file name, which by the way, this was not a thing for me for a while because I used Hop Hog, which is by the way, good good product and good recording software. I used it for most of my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Elgato, just the ability to name your file before it actually saves, is so helpful. So if I get a bug in the middle of my playthrough, I'm like, I want to show that in my review, I can name it like Assassin's Creed Unity Floor Bug. Mm-hmm. And it's like now I know what to look for. So then I write my notes. And sometimes I won't even bother writing a note because I'll be like, I'll go into the video files and read the, the file names and be like, okay, like, right, I want to hit this, this, this. And then I'll, I'll not rewatch them, by the way, but I'll skim through them like click, click, click and yeah. see what's there and be like, okay, right, I want to talk about this too. Yeah. So sometimes it depends. If I'm in my flow big time, it's like, yeah. let's not break this moment because I want to yeah. experience this as, as most normal consumers would. But yeah, yeah it, it really depends. It's experience by experience. Yeah, good question. Andrew McGregor is next. Good day, Dukes. I had a conversation that got me thinking. I spoke to a father at a son's soccer match and we got into video games. He asked me what's my game. He was into COD. I told him I've played COD, but kind of like to try all sorts of games. It made me think as my son plays a lot of Rainbow Six Siege and other games. I generally try and play all games. I really like the look of across all platforms with an ongoing FIFA career to fill in those blanks. However, it seems an anecdotal amount seem to play one game or a bet at best a handful, handful. I said a handful. Is this something others have seen? Could it become an issue or is it the industry just maturing? Am I just an old grump, (laughs) not hip with the times? (laughs) That's a good one.
2: Um, So it seems shout out to Andrew. Um, Yeah. It seems like he's more of a diverse portfolio gamer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of gets out there, plays different things. I think I'm in that bag, you know, and maybe it's an older thing as well, you know, because for me, I also feel like, you know, I want to try and experience different things. I want to see what's the, what's the latest craze or what's the, the, the newest genre that takes to, you know, whatever, or just something that people are generally passionate about that. I don't know about. I, I have to know like what's going on now. Granted I have my pockets, right? There's certain things that like, I told you, destiny's home that gunplay, the music, the, you know what I'm saying? Like that, there's certain things, but you know, I think, what I notice now, there's like a little civil war going on Maddie with the, with the gaming community, which is like, I think I got, mean, not want to generalize everyone, but for what I see when my experience with uh younger generation, sometimes they have like maybe just that two or three game pocket. And yeah. that they're cool with that. They're totally cool with that. They like, yo, I play COD or I play this and maybe two other things. And that's it. And that's fine. You know what I'm saying? I don't, not classify them as a gamer or a hardcore gamer or something like that. You know, um, I just think it's it's pockets. We all got our own pocket and I think that it's fine. Whatever Whatever you're doing, if that gives you enjoyment, even if it's that one game, like if that's giving you ultimate enjoyment and you just live in this world and that's all you want to do, fine. For me... I just like to, I'm like Andrew, like I like to experience different things. I want to see what's going on in different genre. And then to be honest, that's how I got into turn-based, bro. Because I mm-hmm. never played a turn-based game. It was PlayStation 1, XCOM, UFC, UFO, UFO Defense. Wow. And I was like, what is this game? I was completely fooled. I was back when the box art, you, had to, like, you know what I'm saying? They were fooled like, oh, the box art look cool. Let me get it. Right, right, right. And the graphics weren't, weren't, weren't great. And I was just <laughs> like, all right. But, like, me and the crew made a fun thing of it. Like, we, we, we land the Sky Ranger, six of us, So we're like, all right, na- you, you, that's me. I'm You name me that. You know, we're naming the characters. All right, move me over there by the house. Put me on overwatch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I made a fun, and I started to get into this strategy game. I'm like, yo, these are mad fun. If I would have never tried it, I would have never experienced anything like that. And completely, like, downturn-based is a huge part of who I am as a gamer. So right. I I just to, to to conclude, I, I feel like I think gamer, it would be cool if they would try different things, you know what I'm saying? And see more things that you could learn more things that you might be into. But I don't, killed i don't i'm not like the old the old like grumpy old man like it's the problem with the youth today mm-hmm. y'all y'all mm-hmm. not out here <laughs> I, yeah. I ain't on that yeah you know what got do but what, where are you at i'm very curious with this with you where are you at uh, with this
0: i grew up a cod kid right so mm-hmm. i was that was my thing for many 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 years mm-hmm. and then i just had this spiritual awakening in 11th grade where i was like i'm done i can't play this anymore Mm. uh and i still like the occasional cod but i Mm. just don't think i can ever go back to my days of endless multiplayer grinding and i'd throw in bioware rpgs in there i just think there was a there was the boy still alive in there who who grew up on kotor who grew up on mass effect and Mm. replaying those games you know i'd throw in the occasional bioware game death row on the xbox you know like i'd go back to my comfort areas but outside of that, like, I was a cod kid, and then I just had this spiritual awakening. And I don't know if if anyone wants to do a little Mr. Matty research. Mm-hmm. There is a video on my old YouTube channel, which is my Twitter handle, G27Status. You can look it up, mm-hmm. and it says, like, go subscribe to Mr. Matty place. I don't know if the video is there or not. Mm-hmm. Um, that will like The one I'm thinking of is where I just say, like, I'm moving on to to single player games. When you divorce Call of Duty, you made you like your divorce I mean. outfit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And from there, like I never looked back because I was like, this is so much better. There's some so much variety and diversity. Uh and that was really my flavor here on the channel. I remember making like Sly Cooper videos. And um you know, it, yeah, just then in general the enthusiasm of the games industry sort of pushed me to look into new things, try new things. For me, that kind of... You, you talked about XCOM, that like, well, I like this. For me, it was Divinity Original Sin 1. Ooh. You know, that was... I was in college, and I remember just playing that one summer afternoon, and that that feeling I got of, you know, looking at the clock, it was 4 when I started, and then it was 10, and going, oh, no, we got a problem on our hands, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And that game was just spectacular. So, yeah, I think, I think as you grow and you you get a little older you start to evolve the more experiences but some don't i kind of envy the people who can sit in their pocket and play a game over and over i've sort of accepted i don't think i'm that guy i think i i would rather beat like 330 hour games than sit in one game for 90 at times mm-hmm. uh, i'll play your 90 hour game if it's yep. good but you know like i'm thinking mmos where you're just mm-hmm. in there a lot you know yep. just repeating content i just i think i would rather go experience a lot of different things i think yeah there's a job benefit there of just calling from all these different experiences but beyond Mm -hmm. that just as a person like even Mm -hmm. if you just eliminated this job today that's probably what i generally do because i don't i i spent most of high school lazing about in one game and it's like ah that was fun that was an era yeah no bro i I, it's funny you
2: said that because while you're talking all i'm thinking about is destiny right and Mm. right now there's a civil war in the destiny community and what it is is that Again, I was that guy that's just destiny, destiny, destiny. And it's so such a selfish, self-absorbed game. You can literally just by grinding, not play anything else. Now, what has happened is they've gone to a seasonal model, right? And what the seasonal model is just more casual. And and what I like, you can log on on Tuesday on a reset. You can get most of the stuff done in a day or two, Right. And then what I love about it is I can go back to the rest of my game. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I actually love it, whereas the hardcore who, let's say, have Destiny-only inspired YouTube channels, right, Mm. who they want to live in the game, they blaze through it, you know what I'm saying, very fast, and now they're frustrated. And my thing is, I'm like, bro, play other games. There's other stuff Man. out here. But it's hard as a content creator. But that, that's what... It I, is. I'm, in, I'm, in that, I'm in that place where I love being able to get four or five, like you said, games finished. And I can still play Destiny occasionally, you know what I'm saying? And, and I just love just having all these different experiences under my belt. So
0: I, I like where they're at right now. I agree. Full Metal McCoy's next. Hey, Duke men, Very random question, but what are your thoughts on the game Alpha Protocol from Obsidian? The spy genre is one of my favorites in all forms of media, and combining that with RPG mechanics sounds like my dream game. I just bought it off Amazon for 10 bucks, and I'm looking forward to giving it a try despite the rough reviews. Do you think Obsidian deserves another crack at an espionage RPG? Thanks.
2: Have you played this? No, but shout out to full Metal McCoy. He made me research this. I researched this because of you. Oh Yo, yeah? that game looked cool. I never heard yeah. of that game. It's I was like, game. it's Obsidian did some spy. Jo-. Now granted, there was some J. There, mm. was, there was that's what <laughs> I like let's just say that the premise was fire to me. Yeah. I don't know about the execution. I saw the speech check stuff that I was like, okay, some classic obsidian in there. They would try. I would like them to give a. Hey, what about a, a sequel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, or oh, oh, just another genre. I just the only reason why I'm saying it is I just like the genre. I'm not saying that that particular title may be the goal, but I like espionage. So. Mm. I would love to see them do it, but you, I'm going to defer to you. Did you play your, your team obsidian? Like, it's kind of it.
0: like a guilty pleasure RPG. It's, it's one of the reasons why I, I praise the outer world so much is I think people forget. I think people forget this was the obsidian we knew like they dropped. This wasn't by traditional standards, a good game and they dropped it. And it was just very broken buggy. You know, you look at new Vegas, one of the most definitive open world RPGs, probably the definitive one, honestly, and I, like I, I saw. I think it was Jeff Grubb who said this, so I don't want to yeah. take it, it, his quote. But it was it was well said, where he thought Cyberpunk was built its open world off of GTA 5 rather mm-hmm. than New Vegas, and it really got me thinking on like, wow, New Vegas really should be the blueprint for a lot of these studios. Um, so it was it was really well said. But you look at these games, and even New Vegas came with a lot of bugs and jank, and it needed work. And then you look at the Outer Worlds, and it's like, wow. It came out polished and there's choice and consequence too. Mm -hmm. Great. Like I love that. My only complaint with the game was the combat really wasn't that great because it felt way too easy. So a little off track there. But my point being is that just when you look at a game like Alpha Protocol, it can be a guilty pleasure, but I think nothing more. I don't think you can sit there and go like, this is a good game. Unless you get really lucky in your playthrough, but um, it can just get frustrating for people, right? It's I call it the Morrowind effect. So what people have a problem with, with with uh, what's it called? Alpha Protocol is what I had an issue with when it came to Morrowind. So this is something like your uh, your one-handed skill in Morrowind. Okay. It's ten as you start your game. Mm-hmm. So you're running up to all sorts of creature and you're you're swinging all oh, yours a whoop, whoop, whoop. It will sound like the, the butter knife effect. Yeah, you are whiffing because your one-handed skill isn't high enough. Right. So it makes sense, but your brain's not connecting because you see the sword going through their body. And you're not doing damage, especially as a kid. Imagine being like, however old I was eight, mm-hmm. seeing this. My, I was. I thought the game was broken, right? I'm like, there's something wrong here. So then you got Alpha Protocol here, skill-driven combat through dice rolling everything. So you'll take out that gun. You're aiming right at this dude's head. You can't miss. You pull the trigger. And you're like, I didn't hit him. <laughs> and you'll just keep shooting, and it's dice rolling for each shot. And it's like, oh, I'm not hitting them. No. So some people eat that up. They're like, yeah, I love the I love the so dice roll, I love the true RPG nature. That's why some people really defend Mass Effect 1 over the Legendary Edition, because they're like, they made it too easy, because God forbid right. in a game with RPG mechanics you fucking aim and shoot and hit your target. <laughs> like, hey, God forbid, right? I don't get it. I talk, really don't. Talk I'm, that, I'm, talk, talk that at me, slander? I, I the was going to say, I'm, I'm Mr. RPG, right? Like, Yo. I can't get why people have such an issue with that because mm-hmm. massive Effect legendary is just a perfect hybrid man yes. like they literally just made it where it's like it checks your skills but if you're a- but like the spread will be impacted but your aim will not like it it's just that simple mm-hmm. but anyway Alpha Protocol really falls in that same category really cool cutscenes, really cool choices great replayability but uh it requires patience like it really does uh but if you can get past that i mean especially for 10 bucks mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a game that I got clowned on a lot, but I think over time, like, people will appreciate certain aspects of it because you're not paying full price.
2: Do you want them I want to have another crack at it? Or do another, to, uh, another uh, you don't see, yeah. See, this is where you go. I see you, you <laughs> out the
0: window on this way. You're like, yeah, that well, was I nice. Like their road, I like their roadmap now. I think they're doing a phenomenal job. Like, you're hearing that. Like, they're working on some type of isometric RPG on top of a Valve, which is, like, their Skyrim, mm-hmm. and then a new Outer Worlds, and then they got ground. Like, I love Obsidian's Roadmap. I would not touch a thing. Okay. Um, But if they did say, like, we're making a new Alpha Protocol, I'd be like, all
2: right. Oh, but but not even, like, Alpha Protocol, just like, to what Battle McCoy say, an espionage RPG. Something- oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're cool with the genre. Oh, that's why I wanted to
0: make sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. The genre is one of the, the, the strongest parts of the game. Gotcha. It's just, there's really nothing like it. <laughs> Got gotcha. you. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Last question of the show, Casey Sitter. Who maybe he's standing. <laughs> good day, Duke, Matty, and Lord Cog. I've been playing the Division Two for the first time, and I'm surprised with how good the single player experience is. Are there any other multiplayer games that are just great playing solo?
2: Hmm, that's a good
0: one. Um, yeah,
2: Division is actually you can you can do a lot in Division solo. That I was actually pleasantly surprised. Not too many that I can recommend. I mean, because even with Destiny, I, I got to give it, you know, I got to give it up. Like, it's really meant to play with people, you know, kind yeah. of thing. I will say this, if you can get it to work, if it's if it's been patched, uh, Outriders, a lot of people, you know, shout out to my boy E. Oh, yeah. You know, Outriders, I, I, I play some of it single player. I, I will say you get a lot of challenge with uh, creating a good build and being have some survivability with it you know what i'm saying kind of thing so i would say yeah right. that that's probably as far as a multiplayer focused games that are still decent
0: solo but uh what about you you got any ones you want to throw in a hat that you could think of uh minecraft yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i think minecraft's one yeah. um you know that that's a game that i, I think could thrive in either role honestly mm-hmm. like you can do a solo run and and really have a good time or you can of course build a big server and have a blast as well. I think mm-hmm. that's one I would personally pick, although I have not. Minecraft's in that intimidating area of, like... Number one, I don't know if... I, I don't know if it would take hold of me, but if it does, it can be a dangerous game, yeah. right? Like, I've never... I have not dove back in oh, in years. Okay, yeah,
2: because I'm scared of... I'm scared
0: of death for that game. I was like... Yeah. <laughs> there's some yeah, games game I just can, know. Yeah, because yeah, I... I the thing with Minecraft is like, after playing Dragon Quest Builders, I'm like, I think I like this approach more. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, I, I like the idea of building a room with purpose. I don't have to imagine the purpose. Like, I don't have to put together the machines and say like, label on like some signpost. This is what it is. Like the game gives you the blueprints. You, you put it together and like, you can creatively stitch these rooms together and they become something else. Like there's a mechanic there. Yep. I, I like that a little bit more. So that's my preferred approach now. Anyway, Cog, that's all we got for episode 28 of Defining Duke. This was a phenomenal one. Yes. Fire. Fire episode. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Thank you so much for your time, and oh, thank you to right. the audience for their time. If you got this deep, the hashtag, I feel like it'll be easier this week. Last week, we said, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We're like, we don't know. This week, I think we got to have some idea. There was enough. There's enough. We had a lot of good stuff. We had the... Um, I feel like Destiny was a pretty... Destiny was a
2: big one. Destiny yeah. was a big one. We could roll that. We got um. I thought the what you call it the the um the the, the actor dude. That was a good one. I don't know why oh, I enjoyed that oh. one. Yeah yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> uh. Hmm. What with the Steve and the Jay? Oh yeah yeah yeah. The a- agency DD. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: yeah, I like that. Agency like
2: that. DD because I, I just find it funny that Johnny and Associates ain't trying yeah. to let him do that. No, Steve. <laughs>
0: you want to do agency DD. we already know who to target too right it's Johnny right Johnny. like he puts
2: his name in the top <laughs> we can roll that either one either one I'm good I like with that both. I you like
0: know. agency DD no doubt. got this deep let us know in the comments tag us on Twitter hashtag agency, agency DD. DD looking forward to interacting with you thanking you for watching our show we appreciate you all so much and until episode 29 take good care of yourselves or don't have a mediocre day whichever <laughs> works for you peace out
1: peace The Finding Duke, an Xbox podcast, is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is recorded from the good old USA. The show was conceived by Matthew Mr. Matty Plays Schroeder and me, Colin Moriarty, and is written and produced by Matthew Schroeder. The Finding Duke's executive producer is Dustin Furman, and the show is edited by associate producer Ben Smith. Andrew Morgan, Stephen Nieder, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, Jerome Ferreira, SLV FMA, Jorge Palomino, Daniel Diamore, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Jordan Mittman, Tristan Palacios, Graham Plays, Christian Rodriguez, Jad Rita, Kurt M. Gillenberg, Patrick Skipper, Anthony Fuentes, Sweaty Mitt, John Russell, Chris Kelly, Avaristo One, Dustin Graff, Israel Pena, Peyton Stone, Roberto, Josh Allen, Rui, Corbin Dallas, Tyler Watkins, Troilus True, Dan Root, Talisman, Randall Halsey, Robbie Nauman, Nuke Dukum, William Hope, Dr. Stump Josh Godfrey Kolike Souza Vornak Betty M. Moriarty Callan Lennon Daniel Johnson Htrons, and unofficial controller podcast Ethan Davies Jay Getter Manuel Ochoa Jeffrey Mercado Gregory Slavinsky Galja Of Fortuna Boots Tyler Brown Megadeth, Poot Gavin Newland Saul Balcazar Zach Parsley Raul Melendez Eric Harden Alex Bolton Matt Martin Kinnams, Joseph Baker Rodney Coleman Chris Moore Rinsler 526 Ben B TB Lightning Anti Kinninen, Taylor Barkley Will Hernandez Chris Galvin Mason Cadillac Ollie Fritz Evan Dalton Zach Alum, George Anthony Nunez Kyle Hagel Christopher Colin Love Daryl E. Nayman, Ryan R. Kittredge Toby Ryland Michael S. David Bostick Stewie 108 D.B. Cooper Cody Bradbury Tom Cargill Richter 86 Michael J. Sutherland Steve Hodge Holfeldian Ian Bravo Noah J. Stevens Barrett Boswell Andrew Parker Christopher Devayo Chris Morton Kevin Komaki Mark Liberto Johnny Waffles Roto 24 Blake Israel Jonathan Coach Sean Mason Josh Gravelik Brian Chan Jay Organic Produce Travelus Archuleta Shane St. Pierre Carlos Algaret Richard Hebert III Miranda Grubber Ray Leja, Josh Yeager Turbo Makes Games Dan Parson Martin Beck Gavin Brian Watkins Joe Andracek Nathan R, Joe McPartland Gary Cavallo Christopher Moore Brody Rainey Jacob Bell Dennis Yuzel David Everett Eric Finkenbeiner Lou and Ray Loper Dylan Burns Jason Lusky Malachi Wall Zach Bingley John Schultz David Chestnut Yusuf Anton K Brian W. Rath Alan Trembley, Tyler Bellow Ryan T. Mandel Tony Zaniga, Sean Battershall Robbie Hensley Alex Cabrera Lennon Brixey, Kyle Thomas James Kinslow III Hugo's Desk Peter Reynolds Anthony Vasquez, Adam Kinnison, William O'Carroll, Jesper Jansen, Phil Crone, Throw7, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Gates, Ryan Robertson, Sean Chandler, David Mann, Petro Rose, Lockmore, Gio Corsi, Gerald Pennington, Justin Wagaman, David Iacolucci, Paul Joyce, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwood, Shane Rayum, Spencer Brand, Don Lee, John Cordero, Keith A. Lewis, Marius Carson Peterson, Tyler Harris, Matthew Perdue, Patrick Harper, Mad Mach Media, Jonathan Rice, and Casual Misfits Gaming.